Okay, now it's recording. Wow, welcome back to another episode of AKA Nick's podcast. Uh, today's guest is Pat Schneit. Um, you guys might have heard, you might have heard at the beginning there that I said, "Wow, now this is recording," is because Pat and I probably had a full. What do you think, Pat? Like eight minutes of good conversation. Eight minutes probably sounds about right. Where we talked about love languages and all that fun stuff, but now you fuckers won't get to hear it. So congratulations. Are you texting Ashley on what my love language is? I, I am. I am texting Ashley. Um, well, I guess to recap on what you may or may not have heard, uh, my love language is leave me alone, and uh, I like that. <laughs> I don't know what that is, but, you know, let me do my thing. We're finding out what Nick's is um, shortly. Um, but, yeah, I, I really don't know. Like, buy things is one, right? Yeah. I don't know what the other ones well, are. Well, that's what Ashley's love language is, like, to me. Like, she oh. likes to show her love for me by buying me things, which I love. Yeah. She brings Nick lunch. And she's really thoughtful. <laughs> like, that's the thing. I, say, like, for, I always feel like such a piece of shit during the holidays because she has, like, all these thoughtful gifts, and she always writes down, like, notes on what I look at in a store and I think is cool. And then I'm, like, at Christmas time, I'm like, okay, athletic clothes and perfume for Ashley. <laughs> <laughs> That's like you're in high school, man. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so Ashley says that yours is a hard one. I think gifts and words of affirmation. So apparently she's liking the uh, she's liking those athletic clothes and perfumes. No, she's saying the ones I like, like words of uh, oh. love language for me, right? Yeah, so yeah, that, yeah. Oh, so that's how she. That's how she shows her. Yeah. Like for me. So ask her what the opposite would be. So what she appreciates. And what do you appreciate? Um, yeah, I really, am, I've been asked this before. And I have no idea at all. Well, it's funny because Ashley and like some of her friends will talk about that. <laughs> you just hear all <laughs> <kind of> shit. <laughs> he farts more than me. That's not true. No, yeah, I swear work. to God. Like last night or two nights ago. Didn't even face him. <laughs> no. Normally, well, so now he's, I think he's getting used to him, but normally he farts and just like looks back and walks away. <laughs> the smell. There's a little bit of smell there. Dude, they're, they're potent. <laughs> but the other night he was farting like you would not believe. Like every other probably 30 seconds it was like a pfft, it sounds like I thought he was snoring because then one was just like like a fucking steamboat horn or whatever that is. That's Crank. good. Yeah. Uh, I told you about my uh, my nice little bubble fart uh, hotel experience, right? <laughs> Where he fell down the stairs. And <laughs> every time, every time I hit butt ass naked. Every time I hit a new stair, it was like three stairs, but it took like ten minutes to fall. <laughs> I farted a new one and it was loud. It I might have heard something, but I couldn't help. I couldn't tell because I was laughing so hard. And Sarah's in the bed. She's she she's like, "Are you okay?" And they just started laughing. Oh man, dude! I had one a few weeks ago where I I was at my friend Cole's house and I like was getting ready to fart and my friend Dylan Felix was there and he kneed me in the asshole right as I farted. So it was like a. Like, <laughs> like straight up in game. Yeah, it was fucking whack. I couldn't even describe the sound for you. It was Does like his a knee quick still suction. smell? Probably. I think his knee has pink eye. <laughs> I would have the equivalent to that. Would be athlete's knee, maybe. Yeah, right. <laughs> I just can't get rid of this itch. <laughs> no, throw some cordons out on there. He'll be all right. 
Oh, that's great. Um, <laughs> yeah, I kind of expected fart jokes on this, to be honest. Well, it's, a, it's kind of a gamble, depending on who the guest is. Yeah, it wasn't a gamble about. there. Yeah. No, 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 no. I think everyone kind of knows what we're going to be talking about. Although we might throw a curveball in there. We got some questions, so yeah, maybe. I like that. Maybe throw in a few serious conversation points. Do you still get random boners? A lot. Yeah. And I don't get them as much anymore, but they just still show up at the most inopportune time, like I'm 15 again. That's well, for me, riding my bike gives me a boner because my penis is constantly rubbing on the inside of my shorts or pants. Like, oh. I'm not kidding you. There was a semester when I was at CSU when I would bike to class every morning and I'd start getting hard. And it would hurt, too, because like once it gets hard, it's pressing even harder against the denim of my jeans and just like chafing on the right. Yeah. Hemisphere of my that, penis. That sounds terrible. It's awful. I think I would have stopped riding my bike after the first or second time. Oh, yeah, but then you start to get calluses on your penis. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you can last longer. Exactly. Especially at that age. Uh, one time when I was in, I think I was a freshman in high school. Um, could have been middle school. I was in Spanish class. Um, and I went through a phase of going commando. And I liked linen pants too. Linen pants. Yeah, like the like old man pants. Really, they're just like really thin, like soft, whatever. So like, like yoga, like they're not yoga. You know, they're like baggy and stuff. Yeah. I mean, my age group, we we still had our Junkos or something. Janko. Janko. Yep. Yeah, I remember those. They were janky. Um, and yeah, I never owned a pair of those, but they're basically as baggy. And I uh, got around hard on in the back <laughs> row of Spanish class. And I flipped it up underneath, like, the draw, like, the draw, whatever. And uh, I went and did a big old, like, stretch. <laughs> and it popped up? And, no, it was sitting, uh, you know, oh. on the, like, in the waistband or whatever. And my shirt came up. And I looked, and, like, my Spanish teacher is like, Patrick, are you okay? And she was behind me. And I looked down, and it's a uh, full hog right there. It was uh, – that was, that's probably my best <laughs> random boner story I have. It was embarrassing. She never mentioned anything. I was a little disappointed she didn't invite me on a date, though, later. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, like, like you saw the goods. Come on. I I guess mine wasn't really that bad, but I got – and it actually ended up turning into a pretty good situation. I got a boner at the eighth grade dance when I was slow dancing with a girl. Mm. That's why they use balloons. And I had <laughs> slacks on. So it was, like, pressing up, not all the way forward, but – you know, when it pulls up the pant leg a little bit. And so I like kind of back away a little bit, not trying to make it super obvious. And the girl I was dancing was just like, you have a boner, huh? <laughs> I was like, yeah, <laughs> but I played it off. I was like, well, give me a break. I'm, you know, dancing with a pretty attractive girl right now, uh, or at least by younger me standards, it was an attractive girl and ended up having fun, having fun <laughs> for an eighth grader. Yeah. Keep in mind. Yeah, the the dry grind. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> I think the only way you could have done better with that would be, like, I'm dancing with the hottest girl at school. Then you might have got, like, I don't know, an HJ, something like that. Over the pants HJ. Oh, yeah. And it was wearing slacks, too, so it wasn't, like, the rough denim rubbing up against there. It was like, oh, this is kind of nice. Uh, it actually kind of makes me sad. This is going to sound so stupid, but I remember thinking as, like, I was, like, like probably a fifth grader and i was like man i remember when velcro shoes were like a thing i'll never have velcro shoes again 
kind of thing. I don't know why I thought this. I don't know why. It doesn't make any sense. But, like, it kind of reminds me of that. Like, an over-the-pants hand job was, like, the most exciting thing ever. And now it's like, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. It's, it's like, us. what do you – yeah, you don't know how to – well, like it's different. I mean, if you're like, if you know it's gonna go somewhere, it's like there's obviously a little bit of titillation there, right? Sure, Beforehand, sure. Beforehand, sure. like during the foreplay, but it's not just like oh, I'm gonna HJ you over the pants to completion. Oh no, you're not running into so you have just you're a not big oyster in your jeans. <laughs> <laughs> you're not running into school the next day. Like, guess what, guys? <laughs> yeah, if you get it over the pants HJ, and you're like, even in college, I'd be like, uh, I'm not gonna talk about that. <laughs> or like, if you do talk about it, it's never like an exciting thing. It's like. Hey, did you hook up with that girl last night? No, she's giving me an over-the-pants HJ. It's not like, guys, she touched my penis. Oh, my God. I'm like, oh, what? I'm like, yeah, but it was over-the-pants. <laughs> it's like, uh, I guess I won't be getting in touch with you on Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> Are you not answering phone calls? <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll go to Chick-fil-A on uh, Monday. <laughs> I think I can see the sound bar get picked up a little bit. <laughs> Oh, that oh, so smells. Funny. Yeah, I bet it does. I will give you credit though. Like as much as you fart, it clears everything out. It usually doesn't smell. No, you fart on me more than any other human. I think ever. I fart on you than any other human. I think you farted on me. Oh, yeah, number yeah, yeah, of yeah. times. I thought you meant like, most people don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> they don't. Where does? It's funny because I grew up in a household where my brothers and I always farted on each other. <laughs> And now my brothers don't think it's funny, but I still do it. It's kind of just ingrained in me. I'm like, farts are comedy. Yeah, I I would agree. Um, you didn't get back to me, Ash. No, the second time. I was like, what's yours? What is yours? Like, what do you appreciate? What? Touch and words of affirmation. Oh, okay. And yours is words. Everybody's is words of affirmation. Everyone likes a good attaboy now and again. Yeah. In my mind, you should just know why I love you because I've told her so many times. Yeah. So it's, for me, it's redundant, but whatever. Yeah. I, uh, I, I don't really, I don't know. I, it doesn't matter to me. As much. Well, that's why, like, for me, like, if Ashley writes me a card that is long and sappy, it makes me, like, like, I appreciate it, and I know, but I'm also, like, uh, like I don't know what to do with it, right? It's, like, the same thing that yeah. you said in the unrecorded Right, the unrecorded part. part, yeah. You don't like uh, getting compliments. We should probably talk about that. It's not that I don't. Where, where does that come from? <laughs> it's not that I don't like it. It's more just, like, I don't know what to do with it, mm. right? Like, I have a vague memory of, actually, sorry, not vague, vivid. I was jumping on the trampoline. I get those words confused a lot. <laughs> yeah. Complete opposite. It's fine. <laughs> and then Jesus came. <laughs> so I have a vivid memory. I was on the trampoline in, like, early high school with my friends. And at this point, I'd been, like, working out, like, a lot. Like, I've always used to be pretty like I need to be fit like I need to look good or whatever all this stuff and so like, I took my we all took our shirts off it was just a weird time in my life <laughs> <laughs> we took our shirts off because I think we were boxing on the tramp and what was uh, her name <laughs> it was him it was you know, <laughs> Steven <laughs> Steven Keith 
Um, but like my friends kept telling me like, dude, you're, you have like a really nice body. I was like, it's just like really weird to me to like hear. Like, I don't like, I don't know what to do with this information. Like, I was like, yeah, thanks. Let's, been working hard, guys. <laughs> let's do something else. Let's box each other. I don't like, I think there should be more context than that though. Like, were they like <clears throat> giving themselves over the pants HJs? <laughs> like, no. Cause that would make me feel uncomfortable. <laughs> they weren't giving <laughs> themselves HJs. It was just the compliment. But if they if they had been stroking their penises, it might have been a different story. I would have felt a little less uncomfortable. Um, I don't want to step on that story, but I will say that it is much more of a compliment to have a gay guy like hit on you than any chick. Oh, absolutely. I remember Chris Connery and I were in the kitchen when at the time when we bo- that very brief period where we both worked in the kitchen, and Colin was doing something, and Chris was like. Colin, what do you uh, rate me and Nick like on a scale of one to ten? Like, what, you know, like, what do you rate us as far as like attractiveness goes? And so you rated Chris a seven. He's like, Nick, you're like a ten, like a nine or a ten. Like, you're pretty up there. And I was like, that, that felt really good. Yeah, that does. It, it was a huge boost to the, well, I mean, yeah. self-esteem, right? And I hold on to that. You should to this day. Yeah, and just tuck that in your pocket anytime you need it. Yep. Um, I, uh, I, I mean, you walk around town, you see what. There's a lot of hot chicks with some goofy looking dudes. Mm-hmm. They have zero standards. So, but gay guys seem to have all the standards. Right. Well, I think they're a lot more vocal about it, right? I mean, so I guess diving a little bit more into that, when I see a girl with like a, if I see a hard nine with like a soft five, maybe, I'm kind of like, uh, he's got to be like really nice. Like either she got hurt <laughs> or he's really funny or there's obviously things that can tip your scale and your fa- tip the scale in your favor, right? Yeah. Like being outgoing and uh, okay, so for instance, not don't say this the wrong way, but like Chris Connery, his attractiveness to me as like a friend and like I can I can recognize his attractiveness as a dude as being the like he doesn't take any bullshit and he'll call anybody out regardless of the circumstance, regardless of the guy, right? Sometimes that's annoying, but well, it's annoying. Mostly okay. it's nice. It's okay, but like in a, in a, so in a college bar, right? Some big old dude cuts him off in line or like cuts in front of him. And me being fairly passive until I've had a couple of drinks, I'm not going to say anything. And even then. Yeah. And even then I'm just like, yeah, it's got to be a good amount of drinks before yeah. I'm like, I think we're pretty hey, similar. Fuck in that. you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Where Chris is just like, Hey man, uh, I don't know if you just saw me. Like, and he started off really nice, right? It's not like super confrontational. Like, I don't know if you just saw me, I was standing in line. And the guy says something like super standoffish, super aggressive towards him. And Chris was like, okay, let me try this again. Get the fuck out of my way. I was waiting in line, you asshole. <laughs> guy just turns around, what? He's like, what did you say to me? You pointed your faggot. And Chris was just like, okay, we're fighting. He was just <laughs> like, Chris was like, how about we go outside and just talk about this? And the guy was like, what? And Chris was like, you heard me. We're going to go outside and we're going to talk about this. And the guy was just like, dude, like, why are you fucking overreacting? Like, he immediately, you can immediately and Chris can sniff this out. Like yeah. he can sniff the yeah, fucking he's, he's a smart guy, guys sure. out like that are not going to tangle with him. I mean, it, regardless of whether or not they could kick his ass, he carries himself in a way that most of the time he can get himself out of those situations just by being aggressive when he needs to be. Well, I saw a commercial recently that had something like big flick energy or something like that. <laughs> and it was on like a national commercial on like over March madness. And yeah, essentially you got the big dick energy. Yep. People will cower. Uh, I know. I know I'd rather not 
have a physical altercation. Me neither. Um, I've been in, I guess, two. One, I won. There was one punch thrown. I landed, and I won. You know, it's funny because I actually have a question on here <laughs> that says, you know, we're fairly similar in the sense that we prefer not to fight. Mm, yeah, that'd be nice. So what circumstance would you, like... What circumstance are you in that you find yourself fighting? All right. So this one, the, the one, the one punch fight where I basically stopped it because we were getting close to stairs. I'm like, this is getting dangerous. That's like the kind of fighter I am. Like, guys. <laughs> like, yeah, I know there's stairs. I'm going to try and push you down them. <laughs> yeah. so some of, one of us might get paralyzed. <laughs> are you crazy? One of us could get hurt. He's like, yeah, and we're I'm, fighting. <laughs> I mean, you could, you could actually probably call Sarah or I could call her on speakerphone and be like, how cautious is pat and how far in the future does he usually think and it's like uh, 30 seconds maybe yeah 30 seconds ago but uh yeah so what happened was um one of our soccer buddies older sister came to town we we're having a um we we're at a party um it was cora west apparently I, her husband does something i don't know sorry tangent but um i ended up like hooking up with his, you know, the same high school kind of hookup, mm-hmm. you know, over the pants kind of thing. Um, and uh, with with this older sister that was in college. And then we're going to the Dave Matthews concert at Folsom Field. That's how old I am. <laughs> That's such a 90s thing. <laughs> 2001, dick. Okay, well, close enough. <laughs> and that was the next day. Well, my buddy Nick told me that this other guy that I would played soccer with was talking shit, saying like, why is she hooking up with Pat? Pat's freaking idiot, blah, blah, whatever. Like talking shit about whatever. And um, So I ended up confronting him the night before. And then we end up at the same house or her, his sister's house in Boulder. And the guy shows up and um, I was like, hey, man, you know, water on the bridge is fine. He's like, I didn't say shit. I was like, my best friend told me I got to listen to him. Um, so like, I guess I might as well just do this. And so... Um, it was a really stupid, awful, awful fight. Like, I would be made fun of if it got caught on camera. Thank God we only had flip phones. Maybe I don't even think we had razors back then. I was going to say, probably not. 2001? Yeah. Those are still the Nokia bricks. <laughs> so, yeah, it was, I, we had Snake, okay? <laughs> Simpler times. <laughs> and so so we, we, we kind of fought it out. His buddies said he was a douchebag afterwards and all that. And then it turns out that my best friend just lied because he thought it was funny. And so basically I fought some dude over nothing. You felt like a dick afterwards? Uh, it didn't feel great. No. Yeah. So like now I don't really – like I've never – the second altercation I was at a bar and I said – I we were playing uh, – we were at CBM Pots when I was over off Elizabeth. Mm. And we were playing beer pong because they had a beer pong night or something. And there's some random dude. I hit a shot. I called it, hit it, called the dude a bitch. I honestly don't totally remember that. This is pieced together from the girlfriend at the time. And uh, he comes over and just like, what's your problem, dick? Nobody calls me a bitch and pushes me down to the ground. And I get up. I'm like, eh, good game. And I shook his head. Those are my two altercations. So that's how much of a pussy I am. <laughs> well, I don't so, think you're a pussy for not fighting. I think it's more just like, well, okay. And looking at the difference in timelines here, like, so college, I, early college, I got into quite a few fights just because I was a testosterone filled 19 year old kid. Right. Banging your dick in the bathroom. Right. Exactly. So a lot of that shit was just like, could have been avoided if I had just thought rationally. It's like, but like now, like I don't, like I never thought about that stuff when I was younger. It was more just like, to put this in perspective, it's only been six years since then. Right. 
not a huge gap of time. But now if like I'm going to get into a fight, I try and do anything I can to deescalate that because one, I don't want to get my ass kicked. I just don't. Mm. It's not, it doesn't, it's not good for the ego. It's not <laughs> good for my body. Don't want to, that's the thing too. Like if you get your ass kicked in a fight, you're still going to go to jail with the guy who kicked your ass. Right. Yeah. And so it's just like, fuck, we're in the same place. Like, and I lost the fight. So again, huge shot to the ego. Whereas like back then I didn't think about, Oh, what if this guy kicks my ass? Like it was more just like, Hey, fuck you. Yeah. You know, all this garbage. And, and like now I'm like, this guy could have a fucking gun. He could have a knife. Like even in like traffic, I flip someone off. I'm like, that guy could have just been like a gangbanger who rolls down his window and shoots me in the fucking head. And you got to watch out for those in Fort Collins. Well, in Denver, <laughs> like if I'm driving I 25 or whatever, and you get a, Either way, I think about it, and again, it's probably part of my anxiety. Yeah. Where it's just like I think about like certain most, scenarios that are probably not likely. But, but worst case scenario. Yeah, exactly. I um, yeah, I, I just I don't know that there's ever kind of to your point of like you'll end up in jail or whatever. There's there's you're really not winning anything. Mm. Like the only the only way I can see um it being worth it, obviously, is if someone you love like somebody that needs your help or whatever. Right. That's it. That's right. I don't, I don't need to fight for where there is obviously a loss in the situation, right? Like a big loss. Yeah. Versus like, okay. If a guy challenges me to a fight, right? A duel. (laughs) (laughs) The 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 only thing that's, yeah. The only thing that's on the line is my ego. Then I can usually leave that at the door and be like, I'm not going to go outside and fist fight you. No. Like, yeah, it's definitely not worth it. Um, and too many fucking people know, like, martial arts nowadays hmm like that's what i'm genuinely worried about like if i get into a fight at a bar i look if i get into an altercation i automatically look to see if the guy has cauliflower ear yeah well oh that is always a good rule yeah like just if you if the guy has cauliflower ear about to fight just shut it down just don't even engage just be like you know what i'm a bitch (laughs) you're tougher than i i see that you have cauliflower ear i on the other hand stubbed my toe the other day and i was down for a good while so i think we're I think you're out of my league. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. You don't want to fuck with wrestlers at mm-hmm. all. Um, I honestly, I, I really don't think that much about high school, but that's where all of these stories come from. In high school, I had a, a wrestler looking out for me. Like, he wanted to fight me, and I don't, I didn't even know his name. So, I, I that's the most scared I've ever been. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh my God, no. Yep. Those guys are fucking crazy. They're animals. Yeah. They're fucking, I mean, one, not only is their sport, like, as athletes, they're the nastiest athletes out there besides, like, they may be on par with hockey, but I'd say even in the top hockey. Just how, like, gross and gruesome they're in the locker room because I, I used to wrestle and I've been in the locker room with them. They smell bad. They're just gross. Like, mm-hmm. they're fucking animals. Dangerous animals at that. Yes. Um, But, yeah, no, I've been in that same situation. Well, actually, I remember I, I talked shit about this guy who was probably two classes above me. He was a junior... What when I was a freshman, <laughs> I was, uh, it was in the zone, you know, I really wanted the attention <laughs> guy found out. Of course he texts me. He's like, I'm going to kick your ass. I was like, great. Should be a real treat. <laughs> it was actually funny. So we end up out at the flagpole, right? You always oh hear about that joke. So I'm sitting at the flagpole. I'm waiting for my fucking parents to come pick me up or my mom or my dad to come pick me up. And this kid comes out there. No one else is out there. Right. He comes up to me. He's like, you know, I came out here to kick your ass, and he was like, <laughs> and I feel like the ass beating would have been less, a less damage to my fragile ego at the time. Yeah. He was like, but 
I'm looking at you and you're just a freshman and you're fucking 115 pounds. I can't in good conscience kick your ass because this kid was like a football player, like big. I had already hit puberty, probably like 200 pounds. And I was like, okay, good. Wait, you didn't hit puberty? I didn't until- hit puberty till fucking like senior year. Like, like freshman or uh, summer going into my senior year. Well, it explains the facial hair you got going on right now. Well, it's yeah. coming. I didn't get armpit hair until late junior year. That's crazy. Well, it's funny because junior year, I remember I was 145 pounds, I think. No, probably like 150, 100, like maybe 150, 160, depending on what sport I was playing. And I came back senior year, and I'm like, I had been like lifting and all this stuff, and I was like, God, I'm fucking like, I'm gonna be like tiny forever. But I didn't realize I hadn't like really hit puberty yet. And so I came back senior year, and I had grown like three or four inches and gained probably like 20 pounds just in like whatever. And so that was a huge deal for me. <laughs> I was like, if I'm gonna be fucking small forever, man, like, yeah, yeah, but. But there you go. It came. It came. Late came bloomer. around. Yep. A little bit of a late bloomer, which uh, is my excuse for everything. Uh, do you tell Dave that? Mm-hmm. Good. It's like, don't worry. In seven years, man, I'm going to be crushing. I'm going to be one $10, of your top producers. <laughs> um, do your uh, parents listen to this? No. Oh, perfect. Because I was just going to say. I don't think say, they even know what a podcast is. <laughs> I was going to say, that's probably just a byproduct of having so many moms. It's true, too much feminism, although they're pretty masculine. There's a lot. There's a good ch- it should have jump-started my puberty, being around that much testosterone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was going to say estrogen, but I guess, yeah. Yeah, I think I've only met two. Mm, no, no. You've met all probably, three. You've met all three. Probably at uh, Daryl's graduation. Or no, whose graduation My party? graduation It was party. your graduation party. That you Darryl. met, yeah. That what? Or that... Or that Daryl came back for. Yeah, and she came back for. Yeah. Well, because you met Betty, my dad's wife. She picked up pants or dropped. She off was pants? dropping off mail for me or something like that. Yeah. And then you met my mom and Lydia and dad at my graduation party when they were settling up, I think, or probably yep. before that. But um, settling up on the divorce or <laughs> no? I'm just kidding. That's a long time ago. I'm sorry. So you were just mentioning my parents getting a divorce and laughing at it oh. because you're a terrible human being. <laughs> yeah, that's about right. Uh, I wasn't laughing about that. The situation is interesting, as you know. I like to give you a hard time about that, but I told not you because you're not great people. I, the family's great. I told you about uh, this kid that I think I don't. I'm not going to say his name, but. I don't think I'll ever hear this, but I'm not going to say his name just out of principle. But in eighth grade, so my parents got divorced like midway through. It was on. It was like right. It was during spring break of seventh grade, so 2008. And no one found out that my like why my parents had gotten divorced up until eighth grade, like end of eighth grade. And I remember this kid came up to me and he was like, "It was it was during yearbook signings. It was the end of the year, last day of school." He's like, Nick, will you sign my yearbook? And I was like, yeah, sure. And he just, he's like, hey, man, I heard your mom's gay. And I was like, what the fuck did you just say? He like, heard your mom's gay. That sucks. And I just beat the shit out of him. Like, nothing else was said. I just beat the shit out of him. And then got kicked out of eighth grade on the last day. Perfect. Worst case scenario. Yeah. I was like, this couldn't have happened at a better time. And like, what? 
I, 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 that's one thing that I just don't understand why people hate that shit anyways. Like, well, terms, or like judge it. Like what does it matter to you? It's not like you're like going into the bedroom and watching them. Yeah. And okay. So in his defense, it was also eighth grade. And so I was making gay jokes all the time, like before that. Right. And obviously there was a brief month or two where I was like, I don't know if I should make gay jokes or whatever. Cause you know, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that makes sense. Um, but the fact that this kid just like knew it and then was like, that sucks. I was like, oh, well, you're about to get your face pounded and that probably sucks worse. And for me, it was just like, yeah, he brought it up. I think it was like, it's that eighth grade mentality where you still don't really quite have a sen- like a sensor, right? You don't really know to censor yourself as much. You should know. I kind of relate to that like now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like there's some stuff like you don't bring up and like he didn't know that I was having a rough time with it and it just happened to be <laughs> he brought it up and was like I think it was honestly him trying to be like it's okay or he was like I'm sorry. Like him trying to say like I'm sorry your parents got a divorce. But as an 8th grade boy, you're kind of like you know, it's the yep. equivalent to the the words of the words are equivalent to the old punch on the shoulder yeah. like you'll be all right, right? Yeah, I guess I can see how like he's saying, he's probably saying that sucks. Not that your mom's gay, but that they're getting a divorce. Right. Yeah, I could, I could definitely see that and um, and appreciate that. And it's easier now. Right. Yeah. I mean, like just like looking back on it, I don't think it was like a shot at me. I think he could have done a lot more damage if he was actually trying to take a shot at me. But at the point, I was just so fucking like I did not want anybody to know my mom was gay. That I was just like unleashed on him. A, yeah. I. Uh, a little over a year of pent up aggression about the parents being divorced. And then him saying that was like, huh? Time, time <laughs> is right now more than ever. Yeah. <clears throat> I'm sure. I'm sure actually that kid now would probably be like, sorry, bro. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, yeah. Uh, I get why you punched me. I'm sorry. I, I don't know. I don't know. That's it. It's, it's crazy. I never had to go through it. I was lucky. Um, you know, what? 60%. Yeah. Through I mean, it's not like, like that. It wasn't exactly the same. The thing is, it's not a big deal. Like it's really not, it's not like it. And that's the thing, like, so going, <laughs> going to, like, the therapist that I've seen for my anxiety or whatever, like, they fixate on this, that, like, that my parents got a divorce. And I was like, yeah, like, my parents got a divorce. Like, it sucked, but also at the same rate, parents get divorced. Mm-hmm. And I was lucky enough to have two parents who were very, still are, but yeah, still took both, like, both were like, okay, we're going to not do this in front of the kid. We're not going to fucking argue in front of the kid. Also a very different situation, right? Mm-hmm. But... <clears throat> they, you know, it, they had the still the two parent approach, and neither of my step parents really tried to intervene with that. So, I, for all practical purposes, given having divorced parents, I had a normal life. Yeah, sounds like best case scenario. Like, and that's what I don't understand. Like, so many people fixate on that as far as like mental health professionals. It's just like, I mean, I know they have to, or they don't have to, but it's like one of the things that can trigger certain emotions and certain mental disorders and people but in this case i just feel like annoyed that they keep bringing it up i'm just like yeah like it happened but i don't think like that like i don't think my anxiety stems from my parents getting a divorce it was never traumatic no it seems like it's pretty ingrained in you yeah like it was ingrained before it was ingrained at a very young age for me yeah and god knows why but nah ibs does that to people (laughs) (laughs) i don't have ibs for the record i just shit a lot that sounds like IBS, <laughs> Nick. <laughs> By definition, that's IBS. <laughs> Sometimes I have panic attacks if there's not a toilet nearby. I've taken you to the hospital. <laughs> that's true. Because of a panic attack. I'm sorry. I hope uh, that doesn't 
what what is that called the it's not herpa or something like that the there's a a law that you can't like disclose um oh um, so i hope that doesn't no you're not my therapist it doesn't matter plus i've had podcasts about mental disorders and there are times i felt like your therapist though well i'm sure there's times everybody feels like my therapist <laughs> um, oh crap I actually did tell my parents at some point, like, look, we're all, we're all good. If you guys aren't doing good, they had, like had a fight. I was probably 20. Yeah. I was back from college or something visiting. And I was just like, guys, just so you know, like we're good. If, if it's better for you, both of you, if you guys like separate, like we're good. Right. Just, like I will not hold anything against anybody unless one of you fucks the other one over. Like, I mean, my dad's a nerdy engineer, so I don't think he'd be like out like scumming moms. Do blow off strippers' titties? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Oh my mom! Oh my god! We're I was in the car with him. We were going somewhere. Um, this is like I mean, God, might might have been like just ten years ago. And Mm -hmm. for all the kids at home, that's I was (laughs) twenty-eight ten years ago. (laughs) God, I'm old. Um, but. I said something about like, ah, oh, crap. I had to go to a strip club for this stupid bachelor party or something. I hate strip clubs. And my dad's like, yeah, I do too. Mom was like, you've been to a strip club? Like, you didn't tell mom you're going to a strip club? <laughs> I, mean, I can't imagine my dad at a strip club. <laughs> He's like, eh, eh, here's a here's a dollar. <laughs> Leave me alone, please. Can I get a ginger ale? <laughs> oh God. Does your dad drink? Yeah, he does. He he'll have uh, he'll have couple drinks like a couple beers he likes wine now which is weird because like he likes the menage a trois um which is which is too bad but if you buy, trois. Uh, it's the it's it's not the sex act it's the uh, the wine got like, it they've got like it's like apothic kind of it's what they sell at costco okay All right. it's it's um pretty pretty basic and i bought them really nice wines they will not drink white. They're too good for white for some reason. Um, that's wines for the followers. Um, but uh, like, <laughs> they drink the most basic red wines, and I'll bring them cool shit all the time. And they, it'll be, it's still. I've got, I think they've got like a bottle of like back when Prisoner was actually decent, like 2009 bottle of Prisoner mm-hmm. when Orn. Swift or David Finney was still making the wine. It's still there. They won't open it. They're like they're apothic. Hmm. And they're really onto the apothic uh, black or dark or whatever. It so is a box or just? It's not a box. It's just it's just like basic wine. But yeah, so he he'll have he'll have a few beers and there's definitely a few stories and uh, they used to do like kegers on Thursdays after like softball and stuff like that, but nothing crazy. Um, right. But yeah, my mom will be the drunkest at the party and then scold you the next day about how drunk you got. It's like <laughs> I I saw you licking the floor. What are you doing? <laughs> She's never done that. But <laughs> in case some parents ever listen to this. Yeah, seriously. That's slander. <laughs> no, my mom has a funny thing though, like she's got like kinda like call it shoulder length hair and the drunker she gets, she's got like this bang. That just like kind of creeps up. So like you know she's fucked up when it's like all the way up and curled around and just sticking up pretty much. 
it is pretty funny. And then the next day, she'll say, you, you really drank way too much last night. It's like, okay. Well, you're probably right, but also you were way drunker than I. I also didn't go to bed at 7 o'clock. So. <laughs> I don't know why, but I picture your parents still being young. They actually look really young for they their do. age. They're okay. 67, turned 68. Dude, my mom is older than your parents. That's weird. Like, I think she's almost, she's either 69 or turning 70. I think she'll turn 70 in January. Holy crap. That's crazy. Isn't that crazy? I couldn't imagine, like, having a kid. Like, how old are you now? 24? 25. 25. I'll be 26 okay. next month. 25. Yeah. She had me when she was, like, 44 or something like that. Oof. Yeah. I'm not that old, and I couldn't hang with that. That sounds terrible. Well, it's funny because, like, there's like, I mean, there's a good age gap between my mom and my father. Um, my dad's 61. Is that right? Yeah. It's like roughly eight to nine years. Rob in the cradle. Yeah. So like my dad was probably like an average age for having your last child, right? He was like mid thirties, probably still a little later than some, but at the same rate, you know, he's in a, he's in a perfectly normal or average age gap for having your last child. Right. Whether he's on the end or the beginning, but my mom, <laughs> like when she, when I was little, she could not keep up with me. So she would like fall asleep and I would wander out like, cause we lived here in Ptarmigan for a little bit. I didn't know that. Um, so my grandfather used to live off hole two on the patio homes. Oh yeah. And so I guess when I was like pretty little, probably like two, cause we were living there until our house out in the country got built <clears throat> and she had fallen asleep on the couch and I had wandered off with two dogs, just followed him out the door and the neighbor, one of the neighbors on hole, I think bottom of the hill, off of two, so that's five. Yeah. Right? So someone. Uh, say well, five or six. Yeah. yeah. Someone found me on hole. It was five because it was that. From what I've told, it's five because <laughs> I was in the bunkers, mm. in the front of the green, playing in the sand with the dogs, and a neighbor <laughs> brought the dogs and me on. They're like, "Are these your dogs and your kid?" And my mom was like passed out on the couch. And my dad was like, "Yep," because <laughs> I think my dad had just gotten home from work. He's like, "Kim, you fell asleep with the kid again." <laughs> Or like when we moved out to that big property out in the country, <clears throat> I remember, well, I don't remember. I just remember the stories of, I had followed the dogs again down and there was this pond probably about three quarters of a mile uh, east of our property. And I had followed the dogs down there and my mom was like looking everywhere in the house for me, looked outside, saw the dogs down there and like barely saw me. She just gets the truck and started barreling through these fields to get what, down to me before I like drowned did, myself. What, what age were you? Uh, I think I was like three when we finally got to that property, three or four. So you've always been that guy because when you first started Tarmian, you were the guy that I'd be like, uh, so what happened yeah. uh, over the weekend, bud? Uh, I passed out without my pants on by the river. <laughs> that was one. I remember that. That's uh, that, that was that's still one of my it's favorites. It's true. A lot, that character has stuck with me for some time now. Well, you're almost like our buddy Danny. That uh, that's what everybody tells. That's what everybody at Tormigan told me mm -hmm. when I first started there. Well, probably just me and Piper because we're the ones yeah, that yeah, were friends. Yeah, yeah. by everybody. Corey told me that also. Oh, Danny was so good. He'd just be like, "So, how'd the weekend go?" Like to the point where Sarah now says, like, she will say to Danny, um, "How'd the weekend go?" Well, I fell into a box of saws. <laughs> what? <laughs> Who does that? He parked his car. 
we won't say the last name, uh, parked <laughs> his car uh, when they changed the Mason um, uh, uh, rail, Railroad mm-hmm. or whatever. He just like turned into it and got stuck and then was like ready to walk away. <laughs> and then like some dudes like had to push him out. But he's like, uh, I don't want anything to do this. So he started walking away and then the cops showed up and those dudes got arrested. The dudes did? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Oh my god! Ah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I hope that doesn't get him in trouble. I mean, with there's oh, 101 now. We're no one can know who Danny really is. I don't even know who Danny is. No, yeah, he's a great guy. Yeah, took uh, he took care of us when we went and visited his uh, new hometown, which is where I don't want to say. That's fair. <laughs> That's fair. Is it in Colorado? No. Okay. Um, it's somewhere in the Pacific Northwest. I can say that. Um, but yeah, it was actually the best game. In fact, that's actually a lot of the motivation to go to Piper's Monday dinners, um, you know, back pre COVID or whatever. And when they were in town was, yeah, let's find out what Danny did this. Yeah. (laughs) Update on Danny. (laughs) Yeah. All right. He's still alive. That's nice. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. My, I don't I don't really have a lot of those weekends anymore. I mean, especially right now during COVID where we're drinking at home most of the time. Yeah. So how how much trouble can you get? Yeah. There's some good ones out there, though, of me. Mm-hmm. Mm. I did find a new park one time. That's right, on your bike. Mm-hmm. All I had to do was ride down mountain. So you went west on mountain a lot longer than you should have. You went east on mountain. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I legit had to like stop my bike and like look up maps. And then I was like about to get an Uber, but I decided not to because I figured I wouldn't be able to find my bike the next day. So I just like plowed on and I think I went backwards a couple times. I have, I have no idea where this park was. I can picture it. There's houses on the right. There's a park on the left. It's a little swing set. It's a little crappy park. Was it next to a school? I don't think so. Yeah. Because you can only go so far east on mountain before you hit. The graveyard, yeah. Grandview Cemetery. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Like you wouldn't even make it to, you, you wouldn't even make it to Overland. I don't know. All I know is I was 45 minutes away from home. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah. So you must have gone east somehow. Dude, I woke up um, in bed like a responsible adult. <laughs> It had, uh, I had bruises on my inner thigh, like where the bike seat. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. I definitely did not get a boner that night from riding my bike. <laughs> I don't remember if that was part of, the, like, this one or the pre-recorded or the not recorded one. I think one. it was part of the pre-recorded one. Ah, well, for an update, Nick used to get random boners riding his bike to class. I did. Um, from the bike uh. seat. Um, but, uh, yeah, that... That was uh, that was that was a rough one. <laughs> wow, it's not IBS, folks. Um, so my buddies and I used to go on these rides. Like we'd just get shit housed and go on bike rides on the Poudre Trail because we lived right by. Uh, oh my god, that smells. <laughs> um, we lived right next to. It was Riverside and Mulberry. Yeah, yeah. And so we'd go just south a little bit and catch the Poudre Trail down by LeMay. And there was this little turnoff where you could hit this giant hill, and it was pitch black when we would do this, and we'd mm. always do it on our bikes. I know that. Yeah, I know that spot. And so I remember there was only one time where I just barely made it back, 
and it was because I was on my fixed gear bike. So like we're the one where you have to keep pedaling. Yeah. And I, this is just going off the stories, but we're riding back and I keep just dumping, like falling over. My friend Cole's like, Jesus Christ, Nick. Okay, here, I'll give you my bike. It's probably the fixed gear bike. And I was like, okay, you're probably right. <laughs> Get on his bike and just boom, fall over his side. He's like, oh my God. So we get home and I'm missing a shoe. <laughs> He's like, Nick, where's your shoe? And I guess I just stumbled to the house. I'm like, ah, that's how she goes. <laughs> Go back the next day. My shoe's still there, but the laces are missing. <laughs> I was like, this is weird. Who takes just the... Because that's where all the homeless guys that's are, That's true. Right? So you probably using one to tie one up, <laughs> yeah. right? You got to tie up his arm to shoot up. Yeah, you got to catch that dragon. <laughs> <laughs> just like... And I woke up just with bruises and I had a scrape on my cheek. And I was like, woke up. My pillowcase was stuck to my face because my scab had healed over the pillowcase. Oh, yeah, that's bad. That's bad. Those are great. Those are fun fucking times. I remember we brought our friend Alan. Shout out Alan Coon. <laughs> we brought him one time, and he wasn't nearly. He wasn't really even drunk, but we were all just shit-faced doing the same thing that we normally did. Take the booter trail, drop off to the left, and hit this little downhill part that's fucking sweet but scary. He was just like... Guys, I can't see anything. What are we doing? We're like, Alan, it's fine. We know what we're doing. And he's like, I, I can't do this. It just turns around and goes back home <laughs> as we're all dropping down the hill. And he was so mad. He was like, you guys are fucking stupid. Yeah, you probably were. Well, yeah, absolutely. But no one thought that rational. And we're like, Alan, stop being so hypocritical or hypocritical. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Um, yeah, yeah. I've got, I've got a few different bike ones too where. Um, I was going, coming home from a draft, like a fantasy draft party or whatever, and it basically it was it was a long day as it was, um, still in this league, and so they love taking shots at Jaeger. I fucking hate Jaeger, Ugh, but me too. it's just kind of like one of those like group mentality, like the Nazis, really mm-hmm. you know, group mentality. <laughs> I would have used a different analogy, but sure, yeah, just like the Nazis, lemmings, whatever, pick, <laughs> pick your poison, <laughs> and. It's like, okay, if everybody's doing it, I'm going to do it here. And um, I'm about to leave. And then Mitch Binshoop shows up at the bar that we were doing the um, drop. Shout out to Mitch. Um, uh, Shout out Mitch Binshoop. <laughs> um, and so then I hang out with him for like an extra few hours. And oh, I'm riding home with uh, like flip-flops on and everything. And I'm going across Shields because I lived kind of over by Rocky Mountain High School. I'm going across Shields, and I looked back behind me, but I did the, like the veer thing and went off the sidewalk and tried to get back on, and I caught the lip and just ate shit. Some dude in a car stops and says, are you okay? I'm like, I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> I woke up the next day. I think I had to throw the sheets away. Oh, <laughs> God. Shit, blood everywhere. <laughs> it was so stupid. It looked so, like junior year prom night. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God. If only. <laughs> if only. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. I was not the that kind of uh, experienced man uh, in high school. That's weird to me because you definitely come off like that. Uh, you come off she? as like a kid who would have lost his virginity like when he was 16, like an yeah. average kid. No, no, no. Because you're such a pervert. I wouldn't say pervert. <laughs> I'd say a dark sense of humor. Yeah. um yeah yeah i i actually thought like i always thought that i would eventually marry the high school sweetheart and then decide i i was like i don't want kids i don't want to hold her back and then 
wasn't sure if I wanted kids, so I just yeah go do your own thing and stuff like that. So I was like kind of holding out for her. And so how old were you when you broke up with her? Oh no, it was oh. we, we were together from when I was fifteen. I had my learner's permit. Like my mom let her ride in the front seat, and she would ride in the back seat for our first homecoming. And then um, so fifteen to. 22 oh shit but on and off like crazy sure yeah. but uh um yeah so um just kind of was holding back for that and then just kind of realized like yeah i don't want him yet and she wants him now go do your thing when you were 22 well she that won. was when i was 20 was when i lost so lost it and it wasn't even to her no but, i know but like when you're 22 she wanted kids she she event i knew she wanted them sooner than later okay it was kind of one of those things and Figured, oh, at 25, I'll want him. Eh, at 30, I'll want him. Eh, at 35, I'll want him. <laughs> and here we are. Here you are at 38. Right old age. God oh, damn. You're pretty old. Pre- pretty old. <laughs> like, I remember my dad being 38. That's how old I am. <laughs> I still, I mean, like, when I hit 25, I was like, man, I'm halfway through my 20s. This is weird. 25 hit me hard. Yeah. Like, now I have to have a job and a 401k and a house and think about family and stuff like that. Right. It's like not two years ago. I was just falling into the fountain in the middle of old town. Drunk mm. as fuck. Yeah. And now yeah, I have it, to think about raising mini me's buying a house, buying a house, getting married, which in all honesty, getting married, it's not like... Stupid. No. Oh, oh. it's not stupid or it is stupid? <laughs> you know where I stand. <laughs> I know where you stand on that. But you've got a beautiful bride. I do. And a sweetheart. And it's a good move, for the record. Well, I think exhibit A of that is the fact that I don't think I'd accomplish a lot. I, I would have eventually accomplished. I'll eventually accomplish stuff, but like... A lot of the stuff that I do now is because I have Ashley, right? Where, like, I'm like, okay, I actually have something that I need to, like, work for and, like, work towards. Versus so you're bringing us back to the Nazis? I'm kidding. Right, yeah, <laughs> right. So just like the Nazis, they have something to work for. A greater good. Yeah. <laughs> or evil, depending on how you look at it. No, but, yeah, it's, it's good to have the... She's definitely seems to be... Like a driving influence in a good way. Right, exactly. A motivation. Right, a motivation to do better and be better. Um, and like when we when we had a break for that whatever two months, three months, whatever it was, is that all it was? It was from April until July, so Hmm. April, mid-April, so April, May, June, and then beginning of July, so two and a half months roughly. (laughs) Did you hear that? Hogan's not impressed. No. <laughs> um, yeah, even like during that few months, I was just like, God, I have n- like no motivation to do anything like productive anyway, right? Yeah. And so, obviously, like one of the qualities I like about Ashley is like, well, yeah, you can have fun, but keep in mind you do want to become better and you do want to do better things and you want to do bigger things, right? Like you want to, you don't want to rent forever. You want to own a house. You don't want to 
whatever it might be. And there, there's that motivation there. And it's not like pressure. It's not too much. Pre- it feels like pressure sometimes, but it's like, it's really just motivating me to become better than a fucking piece of shit washed up college student. Yeah. Thanks for describing me. <laughs> You're welcome, Pat. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, so on that note, actually, why don't we get to some of the questions on the list here? Oh shit. Yeah. It's going to be great. Okay, so as mentioned, or I don't know if I actually did mention it on the part we actually recorded, but so you, Pat's the F&B director, the food and beverage director at Ptarmigan Country Club. So what I did want to ask you is, do you think you'd be at Ptarmigan Country Club do, in the position that you're in if you had finished college, or do you think you'd be in like a cookie-cutter type position like me? Hmm. I knew I didn't want something that you're doing. No knock on any of that. No, yeah. I didn't think I'd sense. want something I'm doing. Yeah. Well, I'll answer the question once I make sure. Are you liking what you're doing? I do love what I'm doing. Yes. Doing As of it. right now. And actually in five years, it's going to be even better. You'll be yeah. playing more golf than you ever did. Yep. Um, yeah. I just, I, I've always been attracted. I figured I'd be in some kind of sales and I'm kind of in some kind of sales in, in my position now, in a sense. Um, I don't know if it's selling myself, selling Tarmian or whatever. Um, not like a prostitute. I mean, I love that place. So. <laughs> <laughs> like, so I'm, I, I guess I definitely envision myself in some kind of sales. Mm-hmm. I kind of thought medical sales cause I had a family friend that, you know, um, Tom did that and he did really well for himself and, you know, bought himself a nice Corvette when he retired and stuff like that. And kind of figured it'd be that. And, I've currently got a good buddy that's uh, moving in. I saw his dirt the Sunday after I saw your dirt. Um, and, uh, like, I think I would have been okay with that, but I don't know. I, I love the restaurant industry. I love the people. Obviously, we've met through that. And I, I don't know, couldn't be happier with that. I think if I finished college, I probably would still be doing what yeah. I'm doing somewhere. And you were finance? Finance, yeah. yeah. So do you think you'll ever leave the restaurant industry as a whole meaning like so if and when you decide to move on from ptarmigan do you think you'll stick in that industry in that realm or do you think you'll do something completely different because like for me after college i was like well i've been in the industry for since i was 16 now i think it's only logical that i go into food sales or food distribution sales right but i fucking hated it like once you get past that point like once you get past the point of I, and it could just be because Tarmigan is such a good place to work. Like I had so much fun there and I love the people I did it, but like the next logical step with a degree and the lifestyle that I'd like to lead, it was sales. Right. And I was like, well, I have experience in the food industry, so why not go into food distribution sales? But I fucking hated it. And it turned me off to the industry as a whole with the exception of Tarmigan. Like obviously yeah. I've worked there a few times since then, but I think it's for me, it was just like, eye-opening to go into the other side of that the sales that the real sales part of it like the nitty-gritty like i mean even talking to maggie the other day i I do not miss anything about shamrock no i can't imagine i can't imagine you would i mean like with with her position too i wouldn't i don't think i'd ever go into the food sales part of it because what about booze sales uh, I've, i've actually even applied for a booze sales job and could have had it and just 
decided against it, I guess. Um, uh, I, I like it. The problem is you're not dealing with, you're, you're dealing with people who don't know how to place their orders and you have to like drive to Denver to pick up whatever there, whatever it is. And, um, I don't, I don't like the distribution side of it right. because you, you don't know what you're dealing with mm-hmm. when I think the only, I think if, and when, um, I do move on from Tarmian, which I, there's nothing at all that says I would, um, I would probably want to open up my own place and I'd want to do like a neighborhood restaurant, just something that, that pays me or I can make roughly what I make now, hopefully a little bit more over time. Um, I would want to do something along those lines um, where I at least get to control it. Mm-hmm. But when you're a distributor, you're just controlled yep. by a bunch of, I mean, honestly, the last thing I'd want to do is work with multiple chefs. Yep. So I'd stay <coughs> away from food. Um, and then booze, booze is uh booze distribution is also pretty tough. So I, I think, well, it's competitive for sure, but like, <clears throat> I guess that's the thing. Like, for you, if you did decide to move on from the club, um, it wouldn't be hard to translate what you know now into that sales. In which case, like, you do. This, you, you, I mean, you get to do the same thing on the other side of what you get to do. Ne- you get to do now, right? Like, you get to taste different wines and talk about different wines and different booze and stuff like that, and deal with that aspect of it. So. I mean, like for me, from my perspective, if you were to move on from Tarmigan, that would be the next logical step is to, like, at least to bump up your career is saying or going into that field where you get to do every aspect that you like about your job now, but as a profession and get paid to do it. But then again, you're also riding on the fact that you have those sales to make and there's a lot of pressure for you to make those sales, right? So I guess coming from that end, it can feel like, not as fun because you have to make those sales. Not you just, that's just like a plus, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, Tarman is such a great place. Like, like obviously start with the ownership top down, um, is, is incredible. I get all the freedom. Um, I've had at least one, if not all my reps just say like, you're as close to an owner without being an owner that I've ever seen mm-hmm. in terms of, I get to make, carte blanche I get to make all the decisions and for better or for worse and um, sometimes it's for the best sometimes it's not but um, it's pretty laissez-faire with them um, which is great uh, ownership's pretty dang fantastic I don't I couldn't work for another person well and I was gonna say that, that that plays a huge role in it right so I mean huge. I guess to put it in perspective if the flax decide to sell at any point obviously it's based on the person that uh, buys the club, but if they were anything less than what Ryan and Ron are, do you think you'd stick around? Um, yeah, I guess it'd depend, but I think, I think if anything, like I, I would, I would think that maybe, I don't know if they'd want to do like a restaurant or anything like that, but it'd at least be a conversation at that point. Like, okay, well my time's here. My time here is done. And, um, hopefully we can, um, you know, maybe, maybe they're investors or something like that. Like mm-hmm. moving into Windsor. I mean, I know where you're moving to, like has 
the one restaurant. Be a pretty cool place to have a second restaurant. Right. Well, not to mention just like the downtown area in Windsor as a whole is slowly but surely developing into well, a more to, friendly place. Got to deal with Otterbox, but it well, sounds like they're pretty okay. They're, I think they bought all of it. Did they? Mm-hmm. Not all of it, but I think from 7th all the way down. Yeah. Um, but, uh, um, yeah, it'd be, it'd be fun to do that. And I, I think I've got a lot of weaknesses when it comes to what I do, but, um, I think one of my strengths is like, is creating an environment that people want to be at. Well, when you look at the turnover rate of Ptarmigan and it's not very, it's not nearly as high as most restaurant industry. Right. Yeah. And that definitely speaks to Ptarmigan as an environment as a whole is you create you. Okay. So for all practical purposes, you are an owner. I mean, like you do all the duties of, that an owner does, right? Like ultimately Ryan writes and cashes the checks, but yeah, he, he, yeah, he, he does, he does a lot more. He, that, do, he does yeah. a lot more, but he obviously he trusts you to handle the day-to-day operations and stuff like that. As far as hospitality and service goes, um, I forget where I was going with that. I don't know. I'll, I'll just say this. Um, I, um, I hate, and this is not any knock on anybody at all, but like, I hate when I get a note from Ryan that says, uh, could you do this, 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 this? And it's like, fuck. I should have already done that. Yep. It, pisses, it doesn't piss me off like towards Ryan or anything like that, but like, it pisses me off that. I should have done that, that already. Yeah. yeah. And, and I mean, it's especially this last year, it's been stupid. It's been, it's been a blur, um, for a number of reasons. Um, but, uh, um, yeah, in fact, uh, I know Tony's going to listen to this by the way. So I'm going to call her out. What's up, Tony Flack. Um, <laughs> Shout out Tony Flack. We love you. I told, I told Tony, I, I went in to grab a high chair for like a prospective member um, and I, I looked at him and uh, looked at the coat closet where we keep those. And I got some kids sitting around. Once this is out, I'm going to get it done. And then Tony, cause she's the greatest, um, goes in there and starts cleaning it up right after that. And I was like, Tony, why, why did you, I, I was going to do this. We had the same thought. She's like, well, I came in to get a booster seat because I use this and blah, 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 stand on and to grab whatever. And, um, uh, yeah, I, I almost, I was like, ah, dang it. You beat me to it by like 15 minutes. I was almost, I wasn't, I wasn't mad at her. Of course. I was just like, dang it. I should have done this yesterday. Right. I hate that feeling. So, and that's the, okay. So that's the point I was going to get out. Tarmigan is so unique in the environment and ownership because it's one of the only privately owned clubs, mm-hmm. especially in Colorado. It might be, well, I can't think of any, I others. can't think of any others that I've been to or heard of that are privately owned. Right. And you and I are pretty well traveled. Right. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> um, but a lot of clubs have to go through the bureaucratic bullshit of going through a chair or like a board, right? A board of members that have to clear everything. Whereas Ryan and Tony or Ryan and Ron get the last say, ultimately they decide what's best for the club. And I think that's why it's, it's so, that's why I like it so much. Right. Yeah. I mean like ultimately you do have the members, some of the members who complain about certain things, but you're always going to have that anywhere. And if not more at a club where it's not run by one 
or two people. Yeah, we have all the support from the ownership, and um, we actually have, I would say, a smaller percentage of you know the the complainers and whatnot. Yeah, exactly. Which is, which is really nice. I mean, there's you know every once in a while you're gonna have a a problem that seems unsolvable or whatever, but that works itself out. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it's pretty rare that you see the owner of the club. Um, Ryan himself is cleaning the club. I don't. I hope that doesn't offend him. Um, like, I mean, he was he was there doing it. He's there every morning at six o'clock, mm-hmm. and unless he's you know gone to see his son or whatever in Arizona, and, um, he like it's 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 great. But it also like I, it's my old Catholic guilt where I'm like, crap, I should have just taken care of that. Well, it's the thing like. I, you handle so many aspects of the club, but again, it's like Ryan and Tony, like you said, are constantly, they're in there every day during the week, right? Cause Tony runs the front desk, yeah. handles all the logistics on that aspect. And Ryan handles all the, uh, at least handles like the members or the membership as far as like, okay, this is what we need to do. This is Pat. We have a guy coming to look at the club, right? He's, he delegates in such a way that he is, still very involved and know what's going on and knows what's going on with the club. Yeah. And which is just like, that's why, that's why it's such a great place. I mean, it's that, um, like they take care of their employees, obviously like annual bonuses and stuff like that. And same with the members. I mean, they make it the place that it is because they understand that a country club doesn't need to be a fucking hoity toity place for just filthy rich people to shit on. Yeah, lower class and <laughs> like because most of the members there, as you well know, want to get to know the staff and want to hang out with the staff, right? I mean, I'm not a member, but I go in there and everybody, most people know who well, I am members. and they want to yeah. talk to you and they want to get to know you and people who I haven't seen for a while are like, oh my god, how you been and stuff like that. And that's like, it's a very one of a kind kind of work environments, right? Yeah, it absolutely is. I when I first started, I started three weeks before two to three weeks somewhere in between before the flag spot it. I wasn't planning on, I kept my other job. Um, and with the intention of, okay, when these stuck up country clubbers or whatever, the first table I took the first night I worked, I was training and I went up to, I went up to the table. I said, Mr. And Mrs. Cannon, thank you so much for coming in. And I'm Patrick, I'm training tonight. Um, it's my first day, and and Barbara says, "Patrick, welcome to welcome to the family. Um, call him Chuck. Call me Barbara. Don't call me Barb. Call me Barbara. I remember it, that. Should I say vaguely or vividly? <laughs> yeah, I, I remember it vividly, and and um, that was kind of the moment. I was like, well, I think I could probably get rid of the second job. I don't have to work both and." I'll, I'll like this place it, it seems and 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 ever since like the members have been nothing but unbelievable and that's that's my biggest selling point really i mean aside from obviously ownership i make sure to um make sure to tell people that are prospective members i i'll always tell them like ownership's great they do capital improvements every year Outside of COVID, actually, even the year of even COVID. during COVID, they did the remodel <laughs> in the grill, right? Yeah. Not um, that it was planned for COVID. It was <laughs> planned, but yeah. Yeah, that one, that one hurt a little bit. But, yep. um, but uh, yeah, the membership is 
incredibly supportive. I've got lifelong friends, uh, you included, just from from working there. It's uh, it's it's a pretty amazing place. It's yeah. special. So, um, yeah, I I don't see myself doing anything unless I'm opening my own restaurant, which who knows. Um, I would certainly welcome the challenge eventually, but. God, yeah, I can't. I, I wouldn't work for anybody else unless it was myself. Right. I mean, like, yeah, if it's not, if it ain't broke, don't fix it, right? I mean, it's not. You don't have to constantly be looking for the bigger and better thing when you're already in a position that best suits you, and it's a livable, more than livable, salary, right? Yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean, for me, it was more just like. There was a point where I wanted to come in as like an assistant position, right? To you. Mm -hmm. But ultimately I was like, you interned with me. (laughs) Kind of on paper. I did. (laughs) Um, but I, you know, I was like, I I really want to do what Pat does, but I realized I don't want to do what Pat does at another club because it's not going to be the same. And then when I was like, Oh, no one really does what Pat does like Pat. So I don't know if I'm really going to be going places at Ptarmigan. Like, it was more just like, I really do love it here. And the instant I am making enough money, assuming that the ownership is the same and the management is the same, you bet your ass I'm going to be a member there. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's just, yeah, again, like for me, it was a circumstance of, okay, well, I need to make something happen. I can't be, I, I can't be, I shouldn't say I can't be, I don't want to be. I waited for the rest of my life because that's not going to support the lifestyle that I'd like to do. Yeah. But, um, yeah, again, it's just it is such a great place, and anybody who works there. I mean, Chris Connery for Exhibit A, a kid who rarely sticks around anywhere, has mm. end up stayed here longer than ever, and stayed at Tarmigan longer than I had ever anticipated. He stayed there for two years almost. I think a little over two years. I think so. And was just like, it was really hard for him to leave, like very hard for him to leave. And that's not happened to him before. And so that, that just goes to show you like for someone as critical, like hypocritical as Chris, like on a work environment, he loved it so much. He loved the environment. He loved the ownership. It's just like, it really does speak to the club and the management and the ownership that it's a family. And I actually, I didn't even mention Jeff or had pro he's yeah. I mean, he hid my car last night. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you're not, you're yeah. right now neighbor, uh, Marcus Batanz. Shout out, Marcus. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, he he needed to borrow my keys to get in the beer cooler. And so I gave them to him, and he left them on the bar. And I don't leave my keys anywhere. I don't like to get got. I like to get people. I don't like to get guys. <laughs> and uh, he left my keys on the <laughs> on the bar, and Jeff saw it. And apparently, Jeff knows how to drive a stick. Yeah, I don't know. He looks like a lesbian, <laughs> <laughs> so I don't, I don't know how he knows how to drive a stick. But uh, um, uh, so he had my car, and th- those are like the shenanigans we do. And like, doesn't hurt anything. Doesn't hurt anybody. No. He actually even texted me. He's like, "Hey, uh, make sure you call me before you leave." <laughs> I was like, "Oh crap." I don't have my keys in my pocket. Where the <laughs> hell are my keys? <laughs> Crap. Where do you hide it? Cart barn? Yeah, east side of the cart yeah. barn. Um, 
which is where I hide his every time. Mm-hmm. I actually put a for sale sign up on his <laughs> last time I, I stole him out of his uh, his desk. <laughs> and uh, I think he might have been a little bit butthurt about that one because I took him out of his desk. But it's like, well, that's, I'm not stealing your money. <laughs> Just stealing your car yeah. and putting it for sale. For All's $25. fair in war. <laughs> um, the... Uh, um, yeah, I mean, but I mean, working with Jeff has been stupid good. Uh, he's he's been amazing um, and helps out with like he'll bust tables. Yeah, just like I'll yep. take phone calls in the pro shop. Oh, he I mean, it's great. he's brought glasses from the outside patio inside and when he needs to if he knows I'm busy. And it's just no one at Tarmigan is above doing any kind of. Most people at Tarmigan are not above doing any kind of manual labor in any fashion, right? Like most of them will go the extra mile as to bring in glasses or move a cart or if the fucking sand needs to be raked, whatever it might, whatever the task might be, no one's above doing that, right? Yeah, mostly, mostly, I would say mostly across the board. Um, And I mean, yeah, there's seasonal things and some things don't work out super well, but most people want to come back and I get pretty much all my employees. I mean, shit, you came, wait, through did Darryl. you come through? You came through Daryl. Mm-hmm. I couldn't remember which one it was, but I figured it was that way. Um, so most people bring the people that they want. And Ashley, your fiance that nobody that listens to this podcast knows at all. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, She'll be like, eh, I don't know if that's going to work out. I know that person. Or Jenny, your future mother-in-law, will be like, are you sure? It's like, okay, well. Yeah. And, and there's just, it's a, it's a, it's a fucking family, man. Yeah. We're, I, I love it. I love it there. Yep. Um, but, uh, yeah. And that's, if, if I ever did move on, it would be to create something like that. And I would lean heavily on the flax for that. Right. So. Um, so anyways, Tarmigan aside, I guess I want to tackle some of these talking points that I have written down. Um, so we were actually, you were just talking about how your underwear, you're wearing the wrong underwear. It's what's wrong with them again. Just yeah, so the guests know they're the ones that are uh, riding up the ass, which is better than the ones that ride up the crotch. Those ones are the worst. The ones where they get bunched up in the center, mm-hmm. and then they're still kind of like they're okay on the sides, like on the outer thigh, right? But they're still just bunched up like an old used sock. Yeah. So that's actually something I wrote down was that I have developed a taste for the luxury of quality underwear. Like, so Ashley, the first taste I got of this is Ashley for Valentine's Day got me some Ralph Lauren uh, briefs that are very breathable and they have a nice pocket for the balls and penis um and you know those are like my those are like if i knew i wasn't going to be showering for two days because they're breathable they don't give off nearly as much ball sweat scent at what what point wouldn't you shower for two days Dude, sometimes i don't shower for like four days what the fuck well, I yeah i'm judging you right now. i know i i feel your judgment <laughs> and i reject it because and hear me out one it's not good for your scalp to shower with hot water every single day 
It's just not good for your scalp. It's not good for your skin. Um, and I used to be a big advocate for showering every single day, washing your face every single day, all this bullshit. But when you're doing that, you're washing all of, like the essential oils off your face. And I hate to sound like too granola and hippie here, but the fact is like a lot of the oil on your skin, with the exception of after you're sweating profusely, is healthy and good to be there. Except for when you're going through puberty, when your face looks like a pizza. Yeah. But that's not the case when you're a grown ass man. Like when you hit, when once you're out of puberty, you can sh- not shower for, okay, four days is probably a little excessive. That's a lot. Yeah. Two to three you're good as long as you haven't been like working out too much and like granted in a position like at ptarmigan where you're running around and doing a bunch of stuff yeah like maybe you want to shower but like i'm talking like a rinse not you don't need to shampoo your hair oh no no I every single day my, no no and beauty tips from nick and pat yeah exactly <laughs> take it for what it's worth <laughs> <laughs> definitely um <clears throat> but like for me showering every day like makes my skin break out um I get like dandruff because I fucking like just constantly putting hot water on my scalp. And so actually I really have taken to showering in not hot water, like probably borderline room temp. No, probably a little bit like lukewarm. Yeah. Yeah. You don't have to go scalding hot where I, you know, something that's like not what you're used to. It's not like uh, nothing really beats a hot shower, but when you're just doing it for the sake of cleansing, like just cleaning off your body, I don't think, I think cold water or, moderately cold water is best like because your body once you're when you use hot water your body it dries out your skin your body in turn produces more natural oils to um try and fight that to try and fight the dry skin in which case in my case anyway turns into acne all right well i mean yeah everybody's different but and i've got to say i should merit that by saying that i don't smell no, I'm, I'm very conscious about my bo, right? And so you're conscious about everything. Well, it's true, but healthily conscious about my body odors. And so I like if I def, if I smell like I I find myself just like you know the old armpit check and although my balls do smell right now, normally I'm pretty cat piss, right? Yeah, cat piss. They smell like cat piss, which is not <laughs> normal for me, so I should get checked. He told me, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's just the chemical reaction to my ball sweat and these jeans. That's an interesting theory. Well, I have a pair of jeans that smell like old man breath. Do you know what like, old man breath smells like? Like coffee? No, like it's not gingivitis. It's something else. Halitosis. Yeah, yeah. It smells like that. Mm. They're just the, like it's the it's the material that I swear I've washed them like. I've washed them so many goddamn times, and I still can't get that scent out of my head. Get rid of them. Yeah. Yeah. I need to. They're too skinny anyways. They're too skinny for comfortability. They're stretches, but they're still too skinny. Yeah. Get rid of them. Like, for those, I mean, like, do you do you wash your jeans after every single time you wear them? No. Okay. I don't either. I'm like two to three times? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I'm about the same. But anyways, underwear. So, <laughs> I've developed a really... I've developed a taste for luxurious underwear. Like the more, like I, so Ashley recently bought me Lulu, Lululemon underwear. No, I felt your shorts. Those were really nice. Yeah. So that underwear, they have like the pocket for the balls. They are the most breathable thing. They don't ride up, but they're also not super tight. But how much do they cost? A lot. 
Yeah. It's like $30 a pair. $30 a pair. Probably not that much. I but, go through a lot of underwear. Well, yeah, me too, but... I mean, not a lot of underwear. It's not like I'm shitting myself. <clears throat> I mean, it's just that... I don't have to wash that every time. Right, but... So, Ashley got me a three-pack for Christmas, but I think she... So, uh, Kelly Allen, shout out Kelly Allen, <laughs> gets a discount uh Lulu because she's like an athletic... Careful, you might want to edit that one Stuff out. like that. <laughs> she's going to get hit up. <laughs> it's only for friends and family, by the way. <laughs> so, she gets a discount, so I actually got it through her, but... At any rate, yes, they are expensive, but they are fucking... I can see why. They're comfortable. I don't think they're $30 a pair worth. Like I, I would never pay that much myself for underwear, but they are very, very, very comfortable and luxurious. <laughs> like people, people talk about like their bed sheets, right? Like you want a good bed sheet. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. And that's kind of like the same theory on underwear for me is like, if you're gonna be sleeping in it eight hours a day, or you're gonna balls are gonna be in it, and your ass is gonna be in it eight hours a day plus, you definitely want to make sure you're putting your junk in the right material my biggest question is how much is lululemon paying you they're not oh i don't have any sponsors yet <laughs> but if lululemon wants to sponsor <laughs> shit i am open to it aka nick aka nick <laughs> look us up um, i uh yes yeah the wrong pair of underwear will i said that weird <laughs> underwear <What? laughs> <laughs> um will Really fuck up your day. It's, yeah. It's, it's if you find yourself constantly fun. picking at your crotch, yeah. you're not having the the best day, right? It's like this isn't this isn't scabies. It's not herpes. No. It's not kind of surfer hip blades. Um, it's not whatever Hogan's got. <laughs> A huge dick. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it looks like a human's dick too. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, 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 it's. It's worth spending a few extra dollars. Plus, um, like, I shit my pants all the time. Not literally, but I fart a lot. Yeah, so there's going to be some dust particles. So the smell obviously sticks. And with those, they're so breathable. And I'm not ashamed to admit this. Well, I'm a little ashamed to admit it. I've taken off my underwear, my Lululemons, and smelled them it. to see if they smell like shit. And they didn't. They smelled I like laundry. I swear they're paying you money. I swear to God they're not. <laughs> you could take my word for that because I have nothing to lose here. <laughs> I have only everything to gain. It sounds like you're getting thirsty here. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I don't know. Just like, and then even before the, Lulu, the Lululemons, I bought a pair of Nautica briefs. So they're like the same. They're like very thin. They don't ride. And they're very breathable. And so now I have six pairs or eight pairs of nice underwear that I rotate. I'd never wear my Hanes anymore. It's nothing against Hanes, except for the fact that they're not nearly as comfy as these more luxurious brands. And also not sponsoring you. And also not sponsoring me, yeah. Unless Hanes wants to sponsor me, <laughs> in which case send me a pair of nicer underwear that doesn't hold in my shit. <laughs> or that holds in my shit. I, uh, another visit from Ashley. Um, I... Uh, Back to the showering thing. I like if I play golf, I have to shower. I can't. Not. Yeah, well, it depends on the day. Like if it's midsummer, yeah, I definitely have to shower because I'm sweating balls, right? And you smell like outside. You know what that grill smells like sometimes when you walk down and all those guys coming in from like the car draw. You're like, that's not outside. That's bo. 
No, it's the outside. It, it, it smells like guys playing golf. It's it not- smells like sunscreen and sweat. It's fucking gross. So, yeah, you shower. Yeah. Again, if I do any activity, like whether it's running, like whether it's lifting or golfing or out playing soccer or snowboarding, I have to shower. <laughs> playing soccer. <laughs> well, that's the most recent activity I've been it doing. Is. That's so funny. I I need to come to a game. You need to play in a game. Uh, you can't handle my skill level. I don't need to. The other team needs to, it's which is why time. we want you out there. It's been a well, Baylin's playing tomorrow. Mm. She's very vocal. And very aggressive, which I love. Like, dude, her – okay, so we have three top-tier players on that team. Um, Actually, four. So we have Cole, who's like the captain, manager guy who set up the whole thing, basically, and he played a little bit of D2 soccer. And then we have Malia and Aaron and then sometimes Baylin. And with the – like, so – Whenever our last game was, Baylin and Malia were just like they're on guys like they the guys can't even fucking hang like they're shoving guys like defending the ball aggressively, which I don't know how to do. And it's nuts like seeing Baylin out there. Like she had more like the reason we had so many shots on goal was because we had Baylin like yeah. And so oh she's a stud she's a stud yeah, and her dad scares the shit out of me. Her dad scares the shit out of everybody. He's he's the nicest a, guy in the world. He's so nice, but he's just a big hulking man i've never seen anybody drink beer that fast oh my god it's amazing shout out bart if you hear this you're the man what up bart <laughs> like he yeah like <laughs> killing two cores lights in under t- like 15 minutes no when he shows up <laughs> hogan just farted that's why we're laughing <laughs> this loud one yeah it's weird to me that any of his farts make a sound because he has such a gaping asshole. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't know what you did to the dog. But <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> what a stupid thing. Oh, my God. Does it smell? Yeah, it does. Oh, God. His farts are fucking <laughs> horrid. His farts are so bad. Well, he's as old as time. <clears throat> it's true. Likewise, <laughs> and he's looking into the pantry. <laughs> His insides are rotting. Hogan, Hogan, come here, come here, come here. His hearing's good, somewhat. Yeah, <laughs> he's pretty sprightly for as old as he is. All things considered, you're talking eleven. I think he's twelve. Jeez. Um. <laughs> so. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, Baylin, uh, you should get her to recruit some of her teammates to the team. Because when it comes to um, co-ed soccer, for sure, you're as strong as your girls. Yeah. Well, because we have to have three girls and three guys on, right? And one of our goalies is a guy. So we have more non-goalie players, like on-field players. have to be more girls than guys at that point. And so, like, I – I play defense because I can't trust myself to handle the ball besides kicking kicking. it out of someone's reach. Right. And so I, I don't, yeah, I I can't be a forward. I have like a good kick, but not when there's people crowding me, which is a big problem in soccer. Well, do you know how I know that um, your good kick is not so great? Because he calls a good kick, like shot pass, there's a number of different ways you can describe that. Fine. 
Pat. I, mean, I understand that. Like, that just means idea. I haven't played soccer <laughs> as much as you. I was a field fairy. Yeah, you were. What were you? What position? Um, I was kind of all over, but I liked down the middle. So um, I played um, defensive midfield mostly in in college. CSU doesn't really have a well doesn't have a men's. Um, they don't have like a competitive like a college team. Whatever, they, but have they have a, a club, club team. team. Yeah. So when I was playing for them. Um, Mostly defensive midfield, and I was slow. My high school coach always told me to take the refrigerator off my back. <laughs> that was that was nice. Um, but uh, yeah, um, center mid, center defense, somewhere up front, like a post up forward. Really is kind of what I was. Okay, striker, whatever you yep. want to call it. Um, my brother's the athlete in the family for sure. See, I well, actually I shouldn't say that. My sister and my brother, my old, my sister and my oldest brother are the most athletic. So my brother Chris, he was always like a big like hockey guy. He was really good at hockey. Oh. Um, I, if I'm being honest, he could have easily gone semi-pro and been like very competitive in that league. Uh, other things took hold of that, obviously, mm-hmm. but. Like him and my sister were very athletic. I was very average, a very average athlete. Like, I thought you were a pretty good baseball player. I, I, good being a relative term there. I mean, I again, I'm I, I'm coordinated enough to get myself around a sport. Um, with baseball, it was more just like, did I want to put like I had to put in all the extra effort and all this shit. So like when I, you know, played competitively, it was more just like. Yeah, like I had a good arm, didn't really put in a lot of effort to control that, whereas my brother and my sister were just naturally good at that. Like naturally, like I like, I, I can admit that I am not very coordinated. Like when I play golf, I, I at least used to look like a fucking idiot. There's still some aspects in that game. Yeah, well, I, I look like an idiot too. Um, you can still see the same thing on the soccer field. Like I know where to be and what to do. It's I, I just don't look coordinated a lot of the time. So I don't pick up sports naturally. Like I'm, I'm, I'm good at getting the concept of them and picking it up and being a very average player, which is what was with, like with baseball. I was, all things considered, pretty average. Um. But yeah, it, I don't. You know, I'm more athletic than some. Chris Connery, for instance. Yeah, yeah, he's he's pretty gangly. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> now. I don't think I've met your sister, but I assume she's she was at the graduation show. Uh, well, I don't know because she's my sister, and she's okay. also forty-one now. Do you feel funny when you're riding your bike? Thank you, <laughs> <your> sister. <laughs> oh God, <laughs> <laughs> so gross. Yeah, well, that's what I am. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I mean, she's with an athlete. So she obviously was. Did they meet as athletes at a school? Uh, well, they were. They're called or uh, high school sweethearts. Oh. So they met. <clears throat> my brother-in-law was probably a sophomore. My senior was either a junior or a senior. Your senior was a junior or senior. <laughs> my sister. Yeah. Was a junior or senior, and 
yeah, they've been together ever since. But my sister played, I think, a little bit of college soccer, and then coached quite a bit when she had to. And she followed my brother-in-law quite a bit there. Sounds like a smart move there. Well, that's the funny part is, is she only followed him because who the fuck who the fuck would have known that he would have gone pro, right? Like he yeah. started at a D two school for baseball. Huh. Actually, as I heard, I don't, I don't know if this is right or not. Um, I'd have to be corrected, but I think he started a D1 school, wasn't getting any playing time, went to a D2 school, got a lot of playing time, then got picked up by U of H, and then eventually worked his way up to the pros. He was a he was a pitcher, right? Well, yeah, he was a college shortstop, but then a lot of shortstops end up being relief pitchers because they have good arms. But Troy so, Tulowitzki, Trevor Story. That makes sense. Yeah. Well, they have good arms. Yeah. Oh, Jesus Christ. Shooting heat. Um, it's funny because my brother-in-law, like, when I first, so I've known him since I was two. Like, him and my sister have been dating since I was, like, two or three. Oh, that's right, because you were a late baby. Right. Yeah. And so, I remember him in high school and early college years as a very scrawny, or not big guy. And now he's, like, built like me, but bigger. Like, stockier, like, has the bigger upper body. But... Yeah, it's funny. It's just like because he came back after it was probably end of college, maybe um, single A, double A ball, just built like a brick <laughs> shit house. What? I just got a whiff of Hogan's fart. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, they're so potent. I don't know why he has to hang out with us. <laughs> I anytime, love the dog, but <laughs> anytime there's anybody here that's not Scotty, Jenny, Ashley, or I, or Dylan. He has to be down where anybody else is. He has he's to be like, down I where the action is. I want you to smell is. my farts. Yeah. He's like, hey, listen. <laughs> he is a good boy. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. Huh. Forgot where that conversation was going. Oh, yeah. Sorry, the farts got us <laughs> sidetracked. But really just it sounds like he um, sounds like he was somewhat of a late bloomer, just like you were in terms of. Well, he wasn't. He was. I mean, he always had that athletic capability, right? I mean, I think that's just something he was born with. He was a very athletic person. Like, he probably could have – I don't think he could have gotten pro in basketball, but he could have definitely played collegiate basketball and collegiate football. Um, I think baseball was just that thing that he liked most. But he was just naturally athletic, which I am not. Like, I still remember him. He had to get rotator cuff surgery on his throwing arm. And we were playing football, and he was throwing perfect spirals with his left arm. Hmm. Just without even, like, a – so fucking coordinated. And same with his kids. All his kids are just stupid athletic. That actually sounds like your uh, fiancé. Yeah. Similar, but – She throws a better spiral than you do. Easily. Not by far. Yeah. She's better at soccer than I. Oh, I guess I haven't asked you about that. No, she's good. I mean, like, she uh, – in the same aspect, she doesn't really know like where she needs to be or what she needs to be doing. But once she knows, she can do it. She's very aggressive. She has a very powerful shot. See how I use shot there All instead right. of kick? I'm Look picking up on it. <laughs> Look at you. Um, very powerful shot. Um, again, she has the fucking legs, just very yeah. muscular legs, so it only makes sense. But again, she just she's coordinated. She knows where to be if you tell her. And it's you really can't even Cole, the team captain, quote unquote team captain because he set up the team. He's like, I'd really like to have Ashley learn a little bit more about the game because she is so athletic that she could 
easily have more shots on goal. It's well, just I mean, that when she gets the ball, she doesn't know what to do with it a lot of the times. But like when it comes to and like, I think having her on defense would just be fucking incredible. Oh, she'd be. That's where I'd put her. Yeah, again. so aggressive. Like can fucking move around. She's pretty quick. Again, coordinated enough to where she can handle the ball if someone's up on her. Whereas like I, I don't. I'm again. I'm only there to take up space, and I'll be as aggressive as I can, as far as like on defense. But Back I, to our I fight can't. Conversation. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. But that's the thing. So. Actually, our second game, I went and I slide tackled and I tried to get the ball away from you someone. You can't slide tackle in that league. You can't? I don't think so. Uh, whatever. Well, I, it wasn't. I, it, I don't think it was a slide tackle. It was more just like the goalie had run up to center field because whatever the reasoning was. And I was like, oh, okay, I tapped the goalie. And so I went and kicked the ball out of him. And we both trip. And he just like wraps around me and like tosses me. <laughs> just like. You're got, not small. He got really mad. Well, he, we're probably him and I were probably about the same build or same size. He was probably a little bit bulkier than I, but yeah, he tossed me. So like me. What do you mean? I'm pretty bulky. Mm, Most no, people that not. know me, I'm, I'm pretty big. You're skinny with a beer gut. <laughs> Just kidding. You don't have a beer gut. Yeah, I do. It could get there. <laughs> but yeah, like on the soccer field, I have no idea where I need to be and what I need to be doing. I'm, I'm fairly okay at taking direction. So if someone tells me to fall back because both our defenders are playing up. Then I know how to do that and get get between the goal and whatever offensive player, right? That's about all I'm good for is taking up space and trying to scare people. <laughs> Perfect. Um, you need those. You do need those. You need the enforcers, right? <laughs> the or at least the at least the ones that like the, the people that are afraid to go at. Yeah. Right. Well, it's funny. So like the last game we were playing, there was this kid who was pretty good ball handling skills pretty technical i would run up like i would sprint at him every single time and he would just sit there with the ball whoop, just scoot it back just a little bit and i would whiff by a mile i was like god damn it he does this to me every single time yeah like it was just it's funny to see you just stay in front of those ones yeah yep um i used to do that back when i was good um i would like there's some girl i was like kicking my ankles and Stuff like that. And I was like, what? Stop. You're not going to get it. Stop. Stop. Stop kicking me. And you know, that was pretty much the end. She just stopped and I just played regular soccer. Yep. yep. So my mom made me play soccer my freshman year of high school because I got in trouble like right before that. And she was like, you need to find an outlet. Or like, you need to find something to do that's going to keep you out of trouble, right? Wait, what got you in trouble? Uh... My buddies and I, this was eighth grade going into freshman year. It was that summer. And we were at, I was hanging out with like some friends and my fucking friend lit my shirt on fire with a lighter from the back. <laughs> and my shirt was basically completely charred. Right. And so we're trying to leave and the, a cop pulls up and was like, what the fuck are you guys doing? So I got, we all got in trouble for that. And my mom was like, no, you're not going to have that much free time on your hands anymore. So she made me play soccer. But I remember, <laughs> I remember, I did not have good ball handling skills. I had, I'm not fast. Like I have, I have endurance. I can like I can usually keep running, but it takes me a minute to get momentum going. Um, and so the, my coach just every single time, Nick, all I want you to do is go attack the ball. He was like, I want you to be aggressive and do everything you're doing in practice, but under no circumstances are you to shoot the ball, to handle the ball longer than this specified amount of seconds. You're to pass the ball to the nearest forward. <laughs> 
or back to the one of your defenders. <laughs> I was like, okay. You get two touches. Yeah, exactly. That was exactly it. <laughs> Touch. And I got in trouble one time because some kid was like playing really tight on me and you know, you can be aggressive, but you can't like extend your arm or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's like the kind of the yeah, rule shoulders. of thumb there. Yeah. And so he was like up on me. He was a pretty good soccer player and I just shoved him over out of bounds and got in trouble for that. But that'll happen. Yeah. It was, I don't know. Again, I, soccer is definitely not my sport. Yeah, but sounds like you fill a role. Exactly. I, I do what's expected of me, if not a little bit more than that. Yeah. I'm there with a can-do attitude. I'm a great trier. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Just here to serve. Um, all right. We have to rip on our dads. <clears throat> oh, yeah, we do. Now's the time. So tell me about your dad. What kind of dad is he? He's the best dad. He's the greatest. So what was he like growing up? Was he stern? All my friends were afraid of him. Um, My dad has worked for NASA, NOAA, um, worked with Boeing, and a few. (laughs) (laughs) Apparently, Hogan doesn't like Boeing. (laughs) He just let out a rocket. (laughs) Hogan farted again. For all our listeners, um, <laughs> all I don't know nine. Um, <laughs> God damn, that's bad. Uh, I like it because it keeps going towards you. I don't smell anything. <laughs> I hate you. Um, he's a he's 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 a brilliant man. He's great. Is he pretty um, soft spoken mm-hmm. as an individual? Yeah, he is. Yeah, my brother and I both kind of like our yelling voice. Like it's like, hey, <laughs> <laughs> don't do that. No, it's not even that. That's no. not that deep. It's like, really? hey, I just need you to. <laughs> it's fucking annoying. So it's true, because I've never been. Oh, God, I smell it now. I've never <laughs> been like yelled. At, I've been yelled at by you, but it's never a yelling. It's more of just like a, what are you doing? <laughs> type yeah. of thing. Yeah, that's pretty much. Uh, that That stems from pops, I think. <laughs> um, but yeah, very smart man. Um, just <clears throat> engineer. So not socially smart all the time right the uh and i don't understand what he does with himself in a lot of situations so we do like a yearly golf trip or we try to do a yearly golf trip because my brother's a basketball coach uh, i run a restaurant my dad was working for these huge companies raytheon and hughes and nasa noah whatever um and um so we'd plan these out and then we'd get to the golf course and one time in uh i think it was santa fe it was santa fe um i had ironed a golf shirt left it on the ironing board so i had to go in and buy a shirt so basically we park i grab all the clubs go in buy a shirt pay for the round and take a piss, and I'm like, "Where is Dad? We we need to get off. We're like, we're we're going out on the golf course right now." And I walk outside, and there he is, getting out of the car. <laughs> what, what, what are you doing? Like, I don't understand what he he takes forever to do anything. It's <laughs> freaking annoying. I I don't understand. I don't understand what he could possibly be doing. Like he could. He could be polishing his shoes, but he should be done by that time. Um, but in the end, a great guy. Uh, uh, mom is the most generous, per- generous person in the world, and 
Um, also baffles me here and there, but uh, yeah, when it comes down to it, they're 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 pretty good people. Yeah, I don't know if I've ever met your parents. I feel like they've they've come into the club a handful of times. A handful, yeah. But I don't know that I've met them personally. And your parents? So my dad is very. It's hard to describe. My dad is very hard to describe. <laughs> that was like the most gaseous one. I'm sorry. God. It was like, he just shits himself all the time. He's like an old man. <laughs> Similar to my father in that my dad just cuts farts at the most inappropriate times. Oh, and weird. Does ne- but he never, it, it's so casual. Like for me, I have to push out a fart. And I know there are inappropriate times, but that's why I do it. Mm. Whereas my dad just cuts a fart because it's coming out of his body. He doesn't try and hold it in in any way, shape, or form. He's just, yeah, it just shifts and <laughs> Anyways, the stock market is pretty <laughs> incredible right now. Or whatever it's a it bull market right <laughs> yeah. now. But so my dad's like pretty quiet in the sense that like he's, he rarely yelled at me when I was younger. It was more like he did yell at me, but it was always for like little things. Like if I farted at the dinner table or I burped loudly, like he's very like, you need to be a gentleman. You need to be like a clean cut male right like a clean cut is how it felt anyway fart quietly fart quietly <laughs> let people guess yeah let people guess who it was don't let them know it was you by <laughs> laughing your ass off but it's funny because like anytime i was like i got into big trouble my dad was never ever like yelled at me it was always like a sit down like you know what you did was stupid and you shouldn't do that again right and i was always like yep mm. and I was like, okay then we don't need to have this conversation any further right because you know that what you did was wrong and you shouldn't be doing it again um, very, again, very quiet. And I know I mentioned to you, he likes to use silence mm. to his advantage. Mm. So growing up and even to this day, it's funny. Cause like Ashley will hear me talking on the phone. We're both quiet for probably like 10 to 15 seconds. It's like a, we'll talk about our day. And then it's like a silence, silence, silence. Well, that's all I got on my end. And then he hangs up. Oh, that's weird. It's funny. Um, and like when I would ask him questions, like when I was younger, like in high school, it, it, and I never realized it until my friend Asger pointed it out. He was just like laughing. He was like, your dad really likes to use silence to his advantage. I would ask him a question. My dad would just sit there and silence, silence, silence. And then dad. Yeah, I guess that's okay. I don't care. Like just really makes you think about what you said, which is mm-hmm. constantly why I felt like an idiot growing up asking him questions. Well, rightfully so. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, um, I've had it. So my dad taught me a lot. Like one thing, one thing he <clears throat> told me at some point, I, I, I must've said something. I don't know what I said, but he says, you know, son, it's better that people think you're stupid <laughs> than to open your mouth and tell them. <laughs> I'm like, Hmm. That's going to slow burn. Not right sure there. what that means, but I'm pretty sure you're calling me an idiot. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and um, so he's got that. And then um, I've got a lot more mom in me also. Yep. I think, well, I don't know. It's hard for me to say for me, but. Well, there's so many. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, uh, um, Another thing, oh, so I've taught my dad 
it's not what you say, it's how you say it. And so at one point we were playing golf and he was getting pouty as shit. He wasn't playing well. I told him, Dad, stop pouting and zip your pussy and let your balls hang out. And he says, huh, that's funny. I don't think I would say that to my friends. I'm like, <laughs> it's not what you say. It's how you say it. And that was the start of me saying that all the time. It's like, you can say anything you want, but if you say it like a dick, then you're a dick. Right. If you say it like, I don't know, Scotty or whatever, then that's it. Like, people take it with a grain of salt and move on. Yep. So, I... Um, I, I'm disappointed that I've had to say that so many times, just as he's disappointed me like over and over and over. Right. I think, and I'm sure my dad has not thought about this. I am sure he has at one point, but my dad is like such a, you know, typical dad, like knows how to work on stuff and fix things and has all that, those dad features where I'm like, what the fuck am I going to do when my kid's car breaks down? Like, I'm going to look in the fucking, be like, yep, yep, that's definitely a car engine. <laughs> did you did you change the oil? Yeah, dad. I got nothing for you then. Whereas my dad can like, he's not like ex- experienced enough to where he can take an engine apart, but he knows the general stuff, right? Like he can change spark plugs and headers and all this different shit. And it's just like, it, it's it's wild to me because I feel like up until probably your generation, which is probably, I mean, borderline my generation, right? Yeah. There's some gray area there. Who the fuck knows? Yeah. Dads always knew how to do that stuff. Well, they would teach their kids that. Mm-hmm. So my dad taught me how to change oil. And then I taught my little brother how to change oil. Um, I changed uh, pads and rotors, uh, brake pads and rotors with my dad one time. And really all I did was I had to hold the thing, hold the tool in the nuts, right? (laughs) So I was holding the tool and I was holding it, the, I assume rotors or whatever, the calipers. Um, uh, I, I had to hold that. So it wasn't like hanging from the tube. And that was, that was my pretty much, that's how I learned how to do anything. And I didn't learn anything from that because that's my only job. Yeah. And he, he didn't, he didn't teach me any of that, which is kind of annoying well I wish and that's the thing like so i constantly talk to my friend jamie whose dad made him work on cars on saturday with him like if there was something wrong with jamie's car and never took it to a shop it was always him and his dad his dad made him sit down and work on it and i think jamie has that you know like knows what to do with cars or at least knows the general idea of how to change something like uh brake pads and brake rotors and oil like he knows how to do like a a fairly good variety of things because his dad forced him to do that. And I think my dad never forced me to sit down and do it. If I had to change something, he'd be like, okay, you do this, like hold the flashlight. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah I did that. So a lot. I, I know how to change my oil. I know how to change just like a fucking tire, but I don't know how to change the brake pads on my car. I don't oh, know yeah. how to fucking, I don't know how to do the sparks on my car and all this different stuff. And it's just like somewhere along the lines that, separated like me from my father right as far as what we know how to do and how to be a quote-unquote typical dad well i think i think that's a, a boomer <clears throat> culture thing yeah it I is. Mean, when it comes down to it like um like 80s culture was 
freaking nuts. I mean, you look at what the '80s represented. All those, all those cocaine Wall Street movies are about '80s culture, mm-hmm. and so they just kind of went and got theirs and did their thing. And I mean, my dad did fine, even though he wasn't one of those guys. But um, yeah, it's it's. I, I think. I think there's less like passing along information and stuff like that, that right. they got from their fathers. Like my dad's dad was a farmer. Yep. Same with, or well, sorry, my dad, my great grandfather was a farmer, but my grandfather, and I think this is where my dad probably got at least the general information on how to work on a vehicle or any kind of mechanical thing is cause his dad worked for NASA was like an engineer on one of the, fucking spaceship engines after it blew up after the challenger blew oh, up. I think. Oh. Um, so he like came in and had to do the calculations. And that. So he was like, he was very smart, very mechanical, knew how to do all this stuff. And again, he passed down a fraction of what he knew and how to work on vehicles to my father and all his brothers. Whereas I like my dad never. And like, I, I'm still pretty thankful for this. My dad never made me sit down and do anything. It was more just like, you want to learn how to do this? Or like, you need to change this thing. You're going to learn how to do it. It was never like, I'm going to force you to sit here and watch me do what I'm doing. Well, yeah, your mom, I mean, or your mom was 44 when she had you and he was pretty young too. So like they already had plenty of, it makes sense, I guess. Like I don't have the time to do. Well, it wasn't necessarily didn't have the time. It was more just, I didn't have the desire to learn it, which I should have. And so, therefore, he didn't teach me that. Yeah. Which was my, really my fault was like, well, and obviously no fucking kid, no high school kid wants to sit there and learn how to work on all this shit. They just want it to be done so they can go to the next party or the next dance or the next whatever it might be. Oh, yeah. You want to get those over the, uh, over the jeans. Uh, over HJs. the jeans, HJs. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Some rough denim hand jobs. Mm-hmm. Those, again, <laughs> are the best. Um, it really takes me back. <laughs> it's like an Indian burn on your penis. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, um, yeah, I know that if I wanted to take a, a girl out or wanted to go out with my buddies or whatever, I'd have to do this, this, this. And it was always digging trenches. We were always digging yes, trenches. Yes, yep. What, what the fuck were they digging? Like, I, I some sprinklers? Yeah. I think. My dad was doing, like, I remember one point we were digging a fucking like three foot trench from the back patio to like where the chicken coop and the everything else was. And I was like, I don't understand what we're doing here. <laughs> but I was like, you don't have to just dig. And I was like, fine. So I'm fucking digging and digging and digging and digging until we have a like 50 yard, three foot trench. It's the weirdest thing. It's so weird. They're always doing something. And that's the thing. Like my dad, like I never want to get to the point where my weekends consist of chores. No, no. That, that was like mother's day. Father's day for yeah. us is like, we, we had to dig trenches and they always gave you like that really skinny shovel mm-hmm. and then we'd do it, but we wouldn't do it fast enough. So my dad finally like nut up and like buy like the actual trencher, the ditch, witch, yeah, yeah, that was fun. I liked using that, but yeah. he was, um, he was uh, a bit of a Nazi about that. That was nice. Yeah. I thought Hogan left. <laughs> oh, there he is. Um, yeah, he would like we'd do it on. <laughs> it opened up the gate. <laughs> that was a thunderstorm. Yeah. <laughs> um, but like, 
like we would be able to do it on Sunday and then go to school on Monday and then Monday night when he decided he wanted to do it or Monday day we'd try and do it and stuff he would uh he would do it for probably an hour and be like fuck this I'm getting a ditch wish yep and that's pretty much how it worked to be honest it's so funny because like I think my dad's first instinct when something is wrong with the car or the microwave or the fridge is like he takes it apart, looks at all the pieces. Whereas like my first instinct is like, mm, unplug it, <laughs> plug it back in and then call somebody. That's, that's a Wi-Fi generation. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It absolutely is. Yeah. I, uh, I certainly, the, the first thing you should ever do if I had any kind of piece of advice for anybody is, Make sure it's plugged in. <laughs> if it's not working, just make sure it's plugged in. Yeah. And go from there. Um, but, uh, um, yeah, it, it's freaking... It's weird how our parents think. Yeah. Yes. Well, it's just a lot different. I mean, whether it's the way we were raised or whether it's the way that we grew up as far as like everything, like all the new technology that came into our lives as we were growing up. Right. It doesn't, who's like, who's to say that if Wi-Fi wasn't a big thing, I mean, I guess Wi-Fi really wasn't a big thing when I was younger. Right. I was still at that age where it was dial up. Oh, are you plugging the fucking, you don't have to tell me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like all this shit. So I still grew up like at the very end of that. So, and again, like even in like middle school, I didn't really know what Wi-Fi was or like, like I didn't yeah, know how I, you had to plug in. Yeah, exactly. Whatever it was, Wi-Fi, LAN, whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so it's hard to say where that gap took place or why it took place. And it's just all I know is that I don't know how to fucking drain my brake lines. I don't know how to like my and that's the thing. Like my dad can. Do you have to do that? <clears throat> <laughs> well, you do it when you change your brakes. You have to drain your brake lines. Oh, yeah, yeah, um, <clears throat> But I don't know. I mean, like, that was the most annoying part. So I helped my dad change the brakes on the truck, and then we had to drain the brake lines. And it was basically like my dad goes and presses the brakes while the brake fluid sprays all over me. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, God damn it. I hope it was really hot. <laughs> it was annoying. Yeah. Yeah, we, we – well, so my generation um, – I had dial-up internet. I had participation trophies. I had. Well, you did have participation trophies, or you didn't. We we did, um, but it was like the beginning of it, I think. Um, and we we did. Um, God, I mean, we did all sorts of parties for all sorts of things mm -hmm. and stuff like that. It it's it's weird because that's, but then we had like. We had the cord, the corded phone. We had the rotary phone. We had. We never had the rotary phone. We did have the, you know, you'd always put the very long cords on so you could walk around the corner if you're yeah, talking yeah, yeah. to your fifth grade girlfriend. Yeah, we had that. Um, uh, call call waiting was a thing. Mm -hmm. You had to like double click the double click the hang up button or whatever. Yep. Um, and so that that was that was us. So like it just like. Basically, from there, it went to pagers, and then it went to cell phones. And, like, I had a cell phone I shared with the siblings, and 
just kept going from there. It's nuts. We had we had a family friend that had um, Laserdisc, which is like a giant DVD. I don't know if you ever saw one of those. I don't know what Laserdisc is. I know what floppy disk is. There's floppy disk and Oregon Trail. Yep. Oh, so stupid. Yep. People always like, <clears throat> my generation especially, whatever that generation is, is so caught up in nostalgia. Like, it's constantly brought up, like, all this stuff. Like, you've always had that reference from, like, your parents and your grandparents. Like, well, back in my day, but, like, here it's so much more, with our generation, it's so, more, so much more visual and prominent because of social media where people can, like, oh, you weren't a 90s child unless you remember uh, Oregon Trail or unless you remember this or that and, like, stuff like that. I'm just like, yeah, like, that shit happened. Like, why? I don't understand why people, like, brag about it, and it's almost like a flex, like. <laughs> I'm old. Yeah, exactly. Like, our generation <laughs> looks down on 2000s kids because we had a shittier technology. <clears throat> it's like, it's just like, it's it's like the equivalent of your father saying, well, back in my day, but Uphill, instead posting it. Yeah, exactly. Uphill both ways in the rain. But instead, we're posting it on social media and saying, man, like, you guys have it easy, blah, 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 all this stuff. And it's like, well, imagine when they're fucking our age or when they reach that age where they can say that same shit. Like, oh, you had a touchscreen phone? That's fucking cute. Or, like, like, you're not old unless you know what a touchscreen phone is because it's going to be fucking, like, a hologram. Yeah, it's going to be a hologram. Whatever it might be. Yeah, whatever whatever whatever. step in technology we take next. Until, like, I have to think it'll keep going until we hit that wall of – you know, society development where we either kill each other or we just can't advance anymore. Mm, I'm going to bet that we kill each other first. I'm going to bet that as well, Um, which is also a milestone in human advancement is where genocide is, or like where worldwide genocide is a, like Darfur has already happened. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, 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 I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't know. There's certain prides apparently with yep. people that just, you know, uphill in both ways, like you were saying. Um, my dad was, we didn't have these calculators when I was taking calculus. You know? It was like the spreadsheet of like you take the number. He had and graph paper. Yeah, exactly. And that was, was like, okay. Well, that sucks. <laughs> bummer. Your life would have been a lot easier had you had a calculator. I'd probably understand it better if I did it on graph paper, but mm-hmm. this is this is where I'm at and I'm just going to plug this into this and whatever. That's the thing like that. Technology advances for a reason, right? It makes things easier. Does it make people stupider? Yes, absolutely. But it's also because we don't need to do that anymore. (laughs) There is something to be said about putting in the manual labor for something. But again, you've heard of the common saying, work smarter, not harder. Working smarter is just the, or having calculators and having these tools to do things a lot easier is just the offspring of people working smarter, not harder. Well, yeah. I mean, if you look at it, like... I if mean, we were constantly doing math on graph paper, we'd probably not be where we're at today. We, yeah, we we definitely wouldn't. It'd be I a mean, lot slower process, right? If you look at Gutenberg, how many New York Times... Like, Gutenberg's... I'm pretty sure that's who it was that did the first, like, printing press, essentially. I don't fucking know. Yeah. Yeah. Just goes to show you how stupid I am. <laughs> nice. That's that's why I dropped it. Yeah. Um, but like, if if you look at that, like, if you didn't have the first printing press, how many New York Times bestsellers are you gonna have? How many New York Times papers and stuff like that? Like, 
I mean, you take the good with the bad, right? I mean, there's obviously a, a downside to having the technology at the tip of our fingers that we do, right? I mean, especially with social media, something is like, like a lot of the upsides for social media are reconnecting with people that you could not previously connect with. Sure. Um, I think that's the only upside. That's probably, yeah, okay, yeah. So one of the only upsides is connecting with people that you normally wouldn't have been able to connect with except for at your high school reunion, yeah. which are becoming obsolete. But a lot of the downsides are suicide rates go up, body shaming goes up, mental disorders have been more prominent because people base their well-being off of what social media is. So the, yes, there is a lot of downsides that come with technological advancement, but there's also on the scientific side and as a society advancement side, a lot of upsides like Elon Musk, for example, has taken this to a whole nother level where rockets no longer have to fucking get destroyed upon coming back into the atmosphere. They land themselves and it's a lot less maintenance. Same with technology. Like you can easily Google search something, which some can argue that's a bad thing, but in my eyes, it's a good thing, right? You have information and more educated people, uh, or the, the opportunity for more educated people. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Not necessarily more educated people. And again, I think that goes back to social media. Yeah. You're going <laughs> to need uh, educated people looking at that. Right. Exactly. Um, but you have more opportunities there. Um, there's up and downs, but again, that's anybody who grew up a certain way and sees these technological advancements is going to be like, well, this is just going to take away from the hard work and stuff like that. And it's like, well, yeah, but it's going to get done a lot quicker and a lot easier. Yeah, and quicker and easier isn't always better, but at the same rate, um, I uh, I really think my mom, beautiful, wonderful lady, um, sends me stuff all the time, and it's just like, what? No, what? What are you doing? It's it's amazing the crap that I get from her. Um, so I. I, I just I don't I don't understand like where it's eventually gonna end up because if my 67 year old mom is now sending me like these these crazy things um, via text because I'm anti um, social, social media. media right uh, but so she'll she'll find it for me and then send it to me and then it's like well did you look into that at all yeah yeah like, exactly because right, I, I I did one search and this is totally bullshit like it, it, it drives me crazy so um, I um, I I'm a bit concerned I think it'll be better moving forward as we age out of the fact that these people. Like, I mean, God, my parents were, I was 30 early when Facebook really became a thing or not 30, but 25. Right. But I would say that makes my parents in that same realm. So your mom is on the, is in the minority of the people who use social media for their facts. Right. A lot of people, your mother's age, my father's age, my mother's age, like I wouldn't say they do due diligence. And I think it's just been transferred from the TV to social media, right? On where you're getting your news. And so the same could have been said for people watching Fox news back in 1992, right? Uh, Fox news didn't start until like 1999, whatever news channel (laughs) in 1992. Um, they just didn't have the tools to research that. And so basically people took it for what it was worth. Yeah. 
Well, and it's a huge problem. Yeah. Yes, that, but then again, we'll get more political if we need to, but I don't think that's what this is about. No. <laughs> I mean, sometimes it is, but it's not right now. Um, okay, so all technology aside, I always like to end our podcast with a good poop story. Oh. So, have you ever shit your pants? Yes. I'd like to hear the story, please. Hmm. The best one you got. I don't know if it's happened on multiple occasions, but I'd like to hear the story. I'm pretty sure I... Let's see. Get a little bit closer to the mic. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, I've definitely shard myself a few different times. I'm talking like a poop, like a diarrhea or a solid turd in your pants. Oh, God. You didn't give me that heads up. I know. Well, um, I like to put people on the spot. <laughs> so one time, uh, my friend James Barrett, shout out James Barrett, <laughs> he won't hear this. Uh, he was a member of Valley Country Club, and we were swimming in his pool. It was my first country club experience. I was probably eight, maybe a little bit younger. Um, I I sh- thought it was a fart, and it turned into a solid log. <laughs> We were swimming in the Valley Country Club pool, and it was floating, and I put it in the filter. <laughs> you picked it up and put it in the filter? I, like, pushed it, like, with the water yeah, into splashed the filter. It. I was like, um, this didn't happen. Yeah. Yeah, so I did that. So a lifeguard was cleaning out the filter and found a solid log in there? Lucky lady. <laughs> that was, yeah, I, I, that was a repressed memory, I think. I couldn't think of one. So I have one where I was younger, probably about the same age. And my dad and I were working on the barn. And the barn was probably about 500 yards from the house, 600 yards from the house. So like it was a good it was a good walk for especially for an 8-year-old or 7-year-old. And we're working on something, I couldn't tell you what it was, but I just like straight had to poop, shit my Spider-Man tidy whities Oh no. So I walk up to the house waddling, you know, just because I, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I have a log in my underwear. And at this point, when you're wearing underwear, you can't kick it out of your pant leg because the underwear constricts it, right? They have the bands around the legs. Well, yeah, the briefs, yeah. And so I get up to my room, and I don't know what to do. I clean myself up, but I have the underwear sitting there with, like, a full turd, and I don't know what to do with it. And so instead of, like, throwing it in the trash outside, I take it and I twirl it up. <laughs> Like I twirl it like a poop bag so that the poop doesn't fall out. And I toss it up in my brother's closet <laughs> like, in the very back top corner where all the junk was that he would never find. That's terrible. <laughs> so and? In, and then in sixth grade, we were moving out of that house oh, no. in which I had inherited my brother's room at that point. So I'm cleaning out my room and I find a pair of Spider-Man underwear, which I hadn't worn since however many years. Like two years ago. Yeah. <laughs> that would have been like four years. <laughs> but I was like, oh, God. And there's just like a very dry like turd. A petrified turd. Yeah, a petrified turd <laughs> in the Spider-Man underwear. And it wouldn't even unravel because I had twisted it and like crumpled it up. So I had to undo it. Why did you I was just... Because like, <laughs> I didn't remember and I wanted to see what was in there. <laughs> no, what I, don't know, I don't know what I thought, but <laughs> it was a petrified piece of shit. I, uh... Um... Yeah, that's 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 impressive. <laughs> um, 
I know we've been going on too long, but I do have a piss story. <laughs> I, let's hear it. One time, I remember I was dreaming that I was pissing in a cornfield, and I was pissing forever. And apparently, um, I was pissing in real life. <laughs> so I pissed the bed. I was probably in second grade. And I'm embarrassed to say second grade. I would have liked to lie. It might have been first grade. <laughs> um, but uh, uh, I was I was pissing in, <clears throat> pissing in the cornfield. I woke up, and I was in a sea of piss. And to cover it up, I took water and dumped it on there. And I told my mom that I spilled it. And in front of my little brother, who I love the most out of this entire world, I I told, or well, so I told her that in the morning. And my mom comes picks us up from elementary school, and um, she goes, "Now, Patrick, next time you pee the bed, just change the sheets." And it's fine. My brother says, "What? What's going on?" And we were sharing a bed at the time. <laughs> Oh my God! <laughs> I still feel guilty to this day, um, but uh, yeah. So I dumped a bunch of water, a whole cup of water, onto my piss-stained sheets. <laughs> so that's actually probably a better story than well, whatever. Well, it's funny because well, poop is funnier than piss. But I, I did, as you know, well into my adult years, I've had a few pee stories. You've had a few, yep. yeah. The corner. The yep, corner is the, corner, the, the corner. middle drawer of the dresser sometimes, <laughs> whatever it might be. Yeah, that's, that's pretty good. But uh, we're at about two hours and 15 minutes, so we'll call it a wrap here. Thanks for coming on. Thank you. I think this will be a really good podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, one of the funnier ones. It's a lighter side podcast. Yeah. We only got serious for about 30 minutes. There but uh, yeah, <laughs> thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me. <laughs>